Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast episode 309. Joining us this week, returning GFOPs, returning friends, longtime personal friends and friends of the pod, Tim Schramm and Erica Zalatan are back after 64 weeks away. We're so happy to have them as we prepare for Erica's live performance on June 17th at Handshake City. Uh, nature is healing. Uh, also this week, we will talk about the Handshake City 2021 lineup. We'll talk about the Ohio vaccine lottery and whether that would work here or not. We got some New York City news. Talk about the cicadas. We got a little bit of history lessons. Talk about some salmonella and the most popular toys of the last 30 years. All of that, folks, and so, so much more. As always, we are happy to have you here for another episode. From your from no. your, your party? No. We had a great time at your party, by I, the way. I had a great time at my party. Uh, so. For all you folks who haven't wished Heather a happy birthday on <laughs> any of the platforms or in person, if you see her in person, say nice things to Heather for, for her <laughs> birthday. Uh, and welcome back to the show, folks. It is episode 309 of the Uticast. Uh, as always, I am your host and producer, Sam Pamelaro, joined by Kevin Sullivan. Yes, me. <laughs> well, I didn't know if that was a prompt. Oh, I don't know. Here I am. I, I didn't give you any like line to feed into, so that's my, my bad. And then, of course, Heather's here celebrating her birthday. Yep, still. <laughs> still celebrating. Uh, well, we it was nice to go out. We went out to the Bag Square Brewery mm-hmm. for your birthday. Had a nice little shindig. We were just talking about how good the pretzels were. They're awesome. <laughs> was it... How was it for you? Did you were you happy to have everyone out? Was it nice? I to wanted see- it to happen again and again. <laughs> immediately. Was, I got to hug so many people and talk to people I haven't seen in a long time, and it was awesome. I loved it. So, props to them. They did a they did a great job at there too. Oh, they really was good. Did. The beer was good. The service was good. Everything was great there. Uh, I like to mention I'm not getting paid by the Bag Square Brewery, but I will say it's the first time I'd been in there since uh, since it's been open and since it's been working. And it, I was very impressed. The bar was really cool. I thought the spot that you guys had was really cool. I didn't get a chance to look as much at the restaurant, but that looked pretty cool mm-hmm. as well. I didn't get a chance to look at the menu, but uh, yeah, yeah, really good stuff. Yeah. Are you? Are you? I was. I thought Zach did a good job. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I did it all. He, de- he decorated <laughs> it, so he was like the ch- you know the cherry on the sunday. <laughs> uh, yeah, did you have any over over you, any thoughts about the the event for her birthday? Uh, I, I didn't mention already, I suppose. No, I mean, yeah, it was good. I, I, I had a good time being yeah. there. Was, I hadn't been there before either, so mm-hmm. we were in there. Uh, they were serving beer. They told me they made there. Yeah. You know, I like the lights over the bar quite a bit. I yeah, we were those were cool. <laughs> those lights were cool. Uh, all right. Also, got a shout out to this week's guests, uh, Tim Schramm and Erica Zalatan, back again. Uh, I thought this was interesting. The last time they were on the show was March 2nd, 2020 which was one of the very last episodes we did in studio before COVID hit the first time. So it's been a full 64 weeks wow. since they've been here. Uh, when they came on 64 weeks ago, everything was fine for the most part. And now, uh, a year later, where have they been? What's up to? So we're happy to talk to them. We had a great conversation. 
uh, as always. It was also Tim's birthday this week. Oh. So shout out to Tim. It was a very birthday-centric uh, episode of the podcast this week. Uh, before we get into any... I do have some Maiden Utica stuff we have to get into this week because uh, I missed the deadline last week to talk about the start of the events. Uh, but I wanted to discuss something on Twitter this week. So I was sitting around before work a couple weeks ago. Uh, maybe, I forget what night it was. Maybe Tuesday. It was three days ago. And I was thinking about New York rap songs. Like hip-hop songs about New York or, you know, they have New York prominently featured in them. And I just put up a very quick poll that said, what's the best New York rap song I put up? New York State of Mind by Nas, Brooklyn's Finest by Jay-Z, Welcome to New York City by Cameron, and Deja Vu by Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. Mm. Uh, we got 32 votes on it, and the winner in a landslide was New York State of Mind by Nas. Yeah, of course. That's a light category. That's a light That's an easy take for him. <sighs> All right, so I got a lot of flack for this list. What 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 would I miss here that people I should have put on this list? People were mad at me about like not having a flawed. I said it was a flawed list. Said uh, my choices were not good enough. Mm. Mind you, I picked these choices off the top of my head in like ten seconds. Like I was sure. just popping them off. Yeah, yeah. Was there something I obviously missed here that people didn't seem to like? I I, I don't know. What is it? I would have to think yeah. probably from I didn't see it or anything. Yeah, New York rap song. I guess like mm. Empire State of Mind by Jay Z. I didn't want to have two Jay Z songs on there. Yeah, I didn't get no votes. Uh. I thought the disrespect for Deja Vu was very high. Terrible song. <laughs> you don't like Deja Vu? I mean, I like I like the Steely Dan. Yeah. The Steely Dan riff. And like, I mean, in 97, it had a moment. But no. No. Nah. No. Uh, so I put uh, both New York State of Mind, which won the poll, and Deja Vu mm-hmm. on the list, which lost the poll because I want to be here again. So mm-hmm. there you go. There you go. But if you have a better New York rap song that I forgot to put on the list, just you can link it below. I had a couple people link me some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was all like stuff that like I was I wasn't cool enough to be aware of in the first place. Oh, I see. Like New York, yeah, out there by Rakim. I didn't know that song mm-hmm. beforehand. Mm-hmm. It was good. I listened to it afterwards. Mm-hmm. I would have put it on the list had I been more aware of it beforehand. So, mm-hmm. so there you go. So the poll people didn't seem to like my poll very much. Is <laughs> the end of that story. Uh, all right, what else did we want to hit? Oh, shout out to all the folks who came out to see Napoleon Dynamite at the park. Oh yeah. Last week it was nice to see folks. We'll get into more of that in just a minute. But it was really nice to be out uh, in the nice weather, watching the movie. The new, the new movie screen looks really good, so I'm looking forward to more movies in the uh, in the next few weeks. Kev, we don't have a ton of sports to talk about this week. so bad. I know, you must be very distraught. Uh, yeah. but, but the NBA playoffs started this weekend, Kev. Both your beloved New York, uh, Los Angeles Lakers and my beloved New York Knicks are down 0-1 in their first-round series. Uh, I'll ask you, how concerned are you for the Los Angeles Lakers? Zero. Wherever we want them. Zero. No concerns at all. There's no, it's not fun to be a sports fan and be like concerned about what like the GM is up to and like about (laughs) salary cap and people's contracts or like, oh, I don't know if this guy's got it. No, my team's going to win until they lose. And when they lose, I don't care. It'll be next season. So yeah. I didn't like what I said. Didn't like what I saw from the Knicks. Got him wherever we want. Didn't like what I saw from the Knicks on Sunday. Oh, they played great. Uh, that Julius Randle shooting percentage was not good. That's a good thing. I mean, uh, he's only going to go up. Yeah, but that Alec Burks one's not going to stay up. It's going to go down. <laughs> I don't know. I it. I was real concerned afterwards. I'm nervous that when we get back to the show next week, my poor Knicks might have already punched their ticket home. I'm not. I'm not happy about it. I'm making concerned about what I saw. 
Does that make any sense to you at all? No, I'm good though. Are you rooting for the Knicks? Sure, I'm rooting for Kevin goes for. You're oh, so the Lakers. Sorry. Oh, welcome. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Kevin. Welcome. Uh, all right, and I guess it's uh, I guess I that's all the really the preamble I had. We don't have to get into the other things I had written down, but I do want to talk about Handshake City because last week, just as we had finished putting the podcast together, I had just finished uh, doing the edits and getting it ready to go on Spotify. When I got the message from Kate and Justin being like, hey, here's our entire lineup for 2021. Uh, so if you want to talk about it, like, great. Thanks, guys. Uh, so I, that's why I didn't get a chance to, uh, to promote Napoleon Dynamite as hard as we would have liked to last week. Uh, but I do want to mention the full Handshake City schedule of events is up and available uh, at handshake.city for folks to check out. Uh, I'm just going to run through the, the major events real quick. Our first big giant featured event is going to be on June 27th, the third edition of Barks and Brews. Uh, one of our favorite events all year. A lot of people still talk about that. People love Barks yep. and Brews. Anytime you can get beer and dogs and people in nice weather together. It's such a good event. They, it's hard to miss. Mm -hmm. uh, also, August 2021, we'll be doing uh, Touch a Truck. Again, it's always really popular. That was a good event. That was a really good event. And then, of course, September 2021, you know it, the return of the downtown get down. That's right. We got a date, September 18th. And then, of course, October 21st, we're doing the Falling for Utica event. So those are the four big main tentpole events for the summer All and a little ones. bit beyond. But wait, folks, there's more. Because we also have a ton of performances starting in the next few weeks, including on June 3rd, our first performer in the park of the year, Charlie, Uncle Charlie and the Meatballs. Mm -hmm. uh, Handshake City uh, regulars almost. They're here mm -hmm. all year. We love to see them. Uh, Pilates in the Park starts on June 5th for folks who are into the Pilates thing. Uh, and then, of course, Performers in the Park continues on June 10th with Handsome Bob. I'm looking to have a member of Handsome Bob in in the next few weeks. And then the most prescient for this week's episode is June 17th with Zalatan performing for the first time uh, in, since the pandemic started at Handshake City. We'll talk a bit more about that with her and Tim Schramm during this week's interview. Uh, I won't go that much farther out because there's a lot of stuff that's not booked yet, but Pilates is going to run all the way through June and July. We have one more performance on uh, June 24th, which we're finishing booking. So again, go to handshake.city uh, and click on events and featured events in the top to find out all the upcoming events. Uh, I'm really, really Sounds excited. Like a lot of fun. It's nice to have like a lineup and know that we can make plans out of it, like concerts or mm. like just anything like that. I think, for me, one of the things that's always really disappointing is not having something on, like, the periphery yeah. to look forward yeah. to. I like to have something in the distance, whether it's, like, an event or a, even yep. if it's something as small as, like, a, a, a soccer game or something. Just something to look forward to. And with this whole list of lineup stuff and all our events, I have a whole summer and uh, early fall of things to look forward to again, which I'm really excited about. Mm. Uh, yeah. So that's, I don't have any further follow-up on that. Again, handshake.city for all you folks uh, who want to know more about the 2021 lineup. Guys, let's talk about <clears throat> the Ohio vaccination lottery. Have you guys heard any story yet today? Mm -hmm. Not today, but I've heard it last week. They were about it. So this is from The Guardian. Uh, Mike DeWayne, uh, who is the Ohio governor, uh, started a program called Vax a Million, where people... Uh, could get the vaccination and be given a chance to win $1 million in one of five uh, weekly lottery drawings. Uh, this event has caused booming demand in Ohio 
for the coronavirus, uh, for coronavirus vaccine. More than 2.7 million adults received the vaccine on account of this promotion. It raised the total up to 33% from before this started. Uh, and people were pretty mad about this originally, thought it was sort of a frivolous use of the money uh, because a lot of where the money's coming from comes out of the, the actual CARES Act, which is how they're getting people to sign up for it. But it turns out that this has been really successful. I know we've talked a little bit about like these ways to get people sort of more invested in getting the vaccine mm -hmm. if they weren't going to. This sort of leads to a local story. It was announced earlier today that Governor Cuomo said he is launching the new shot in the park vaccine initiative for New York State. Uh, with vaccine rates down more than half, New York State is offering another incentive to get vaccine. What their incentive is, is uh, tickets, two-day tickets to the New York State Fair. So if you get the vaccine, you can get tickets two days to the New York State Fair. Guys, do you think this is a good enough motivator for people who are not getting the vaccine to get the vaccine? <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> you don't like it? <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> I feel like it only sounds bad in comparison to the million dollar lottery option. Although this is actually a real tangible thing because not everyone's going to win that lottery. You can get free state park tickets from, or uh, state fair tickets from anybody. Yeah. Anywhere. Everybody's giving away free tickets to the state fair. <laughs> And plus, who wants right. to go? Yeah. Who does he? Who wants to go? You, if he really wants people to get vaccinated, what he should do is trot down to the New York State Fair, mm. climb up in a dunk tank with a lot of security. Yo, you get your vaccinated. If you get vaccinated, you can dunk Cuomo. That's wow. better. You can just pull the lever. Everyone makes sure everywhere. You, they yeah, have yeah. the biggest turnout because ever. Because there's going to be a lot of overlap between the anti-vaccination crowd and the uh, King Cuomo crowd. Yeah. I know oh, yeah. it's a lot of overlap, at least my personal life. Yeah, yeah it's there. Just, yeah. You know, anecdotal. I like that idea. Yeah, yeah. so he should trot on down there and uh, get his goggles and his fins on and just dunk them. I feel he like... He knows, just lean into it. Yeah. People would love him. You can't even be mad at that. You know, that's pretty good. I think that would be... It would take a level of self-awareness. I would go to the state fair and I don't like going. Mm -hmm. It would take a level of self-awareness that I do not I believe not he has. To the state fair. No, I still wouldn't go for that reason. Uh, I mean, I like the state fair, but I mean, I'm not going to go now if everyone's just getting free tickets for getting vaccinated. Uh, no, I, I will say, I like the the lottery idea is pretty clever. That's yeah. like a pretty smart. That's a great idea. Transition. I, I mean, I feel like that would work really well around here too. I know a lot of folks who play the lottery around here. Yeah, but I can't think of like I feel like this is this is a fine incentive. No, but it's get not, the money. Get the money. Don't tell me well, we it, don't have the same money Ohio's got. You want to Don't get a lot, of, a lot more people from low income to get it. Yeah. How are they going to get to the state fair anyway? You know it's what true. I mean? Like not everyone has can get to the state fair. That's and, not really a like, plus. For a lot no, of it's people. not. We're yeah, trying yeah. to get more of the. <laughs> uh, Cuomo also said the state will set up state uh, set up vaccination clinics in sixteen state parks so people can get vaccinated and then receive a free pass to the park at the same time. So Heather, that's more for your type crowd. All right. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, um, I'm uh, doing my part anyway. State Park, aka the woods. The woods. Like, you can just go there. I know. I could go to, what does it cost? Like a dollar, two dollars to get in there? Uh, Monday also marked the first time for a new vaccine incentive offering a free lottery scratch off ticket for those who get vaccinated. You gotta be one of the nice $30 scratch offs. It's got, <laughs> yeah, it's gotta be a good one. Don't give me no $2 loose change. I know. Like Lucky one. A strange <laughs> aunt gives you in like a biannual birthday card. Uh, also from uh, from Cuomo this week, uh, New York State schools will reopen in full in-person learning this fall. Mm. Uh, I gotta be honest, from the inside, talking to teachers and, and looking at the, the way things are, this is not surprising at the no, this is this is one of those like blue sky things, yep. right? You know what I mean? Had to, had to, yeah. And there's no other. There would be no reason not to. Uh, 
And look, I'm not gonna. I've said it probably a million times already on this on this podcast. Doing the the dual thing with the kids in the classroom and kids mm-hmm. out of classroom, the technology that's out there really is amazing. It's really impressive the stuff they've given teachers and the access we have mm-hmm. to like platforms that allow us to do it. But at the end of the day, it's still not the same and not as well received by the kids who aren't there as being in class. It seems generally. Mm. Uh, maybe it's just the grade level I'm in. I don't know if it's different for high school kids. Yeah, you but can't. What do you? You can't expect like people without fully formed brains to act like fully formed adults. Yeah. That's just what it is with kids. Yeah. Like, none of these these kids' brains are still developing every day. They're not fully formed brains. You can't expect them to check in like they work at the insurance company. Yeah, no, it's true. And and even when they're there, there's it's just you don't get to know them in any particular way, which is like really helpful. They don't get to know the other kids. There's no like social interaction in the way mm-hmm. that there would be otherwise. Like that stuff is a really important overlooked aspect of like kids being in school is like this learning to be social and interact with people in their age range mm-hmm. in different groups. A lot of it this past year really seems like it's just been going through the motions to keep panic yes. at as minimum as yes. possible because they don't want to admit to the people that, mm-hmm. like, hey, they could all fall apart at any second. Yes, absolutely. Like. Mm-hmm. That's 100% true. And now that things are getting more comfortable, I mean, parents are more comfortable sending their kids back to school. I've seen, like, the trickle of kids who, when offered the chance to come back, started coming back. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of kids, when yeah. given the chance, are already taking yeah. it. Yeah. So. Yeah, this made a lot of sense, and uh, I'm glad we're moving along there. Uh, all right. Uh, locally, Saranac Thursday is pro- uh, postponed until at least July this year for all you Saranac fans out there. I want to read this quote, though, because I thought it was interesting, because apparently it's not for the reason many people are thinking. This is from KTV. The real reason uh, our business did well is our business did really well last year, and it's doing exceedingly well right now, says FX Matt Brewery President Fred Matt. Our bar and restaurant partners have gotten crushed in COVID, and I just think there's so much pent-up demand for people in town to get out and do something, get together. I would rather let our bar and restaurant partners benefit for all the pent-up demand and get all of that business. So he's saying, I'm going to step aside for Saranac Thursday and let these other people guap up. Seems to be the case here. Mm. That's very uh, that's very noble, seems like. That's a, hell, that's a great quote. It's a great quote. It's a hell of a quote. Yep. Uh, as of right now, the popular summer tradition is on hold until at least mid-July. Kev, you'd probably know better than me. Do you think we'll see I know some sort of Saranac um, Thursday? What I can say is I would be surprised to see it. I think mm-hmm. the thing that, the thing that the, as somebody who used to run this event for you know a couple summers and whatever, I think people don't really realize how much goes into it. I don't yeah. think people really realize that like the brewery can't just get kegs from their warehouse. Mm-hmm. Because of state liquor laws, they have to purchase those kegs at retail from their distributor. So they're not grabbing UCs from down in the, the basement garage. They're paying full retail for yeah. those beers. Um, it takes like probably it takes upwards of twenty people to staff yeah. that event, not including paying overtime to you know police and paying overtime to um, electricians and engineers to stay on on the brewery end to make sure the electricity is all yeah. good, everything's still hooked up, paying out the sound people. So. It would be, I think it would be a huge challenge for them to shotgun themselves into that in the middle of late July without having the normal mm-hmm. end of that college wrap-up yeah. hiring period where you're talking yeah, to kids in the last three weeks of their semester and being like, hey, do you want this thing for the summer? Can we get you trained? Can we get you in yeah. and get you go? Um, and I don't know what that ends up meaning for things like the Boilermaker that mm-hmm. Saranac has traditionally handled the after party if they do that because... 
like I said, without the staff, uh, yeah. it's hard to say. They're not so. going to be able to make it to fall anyway this year. Sure, but yeah. I, those kids yeah. still got to get hired and trained at some point because that party literally doesn't happen without 19-year-olds that show up at 1 in the morning on Boilermaker yeah. Sunday to make a lot of that stuff happen over that whole weekend going into it. So I'm very curious nice. to see what they're going to do about that. Uh, it does seem like a lot of the bar and restaurant owners are planning to keep the tradition alive in some form, calling it like, Varick Street Thursdays. Yeah, I'm playing at Celtic Harp on Thursday. Yeah. Ooh. I'm out there opening the season. Come see me. You love to see it. Hey, I'm off on Friday. Maybe we'll come to see it. There you go. That's right. Woo! All right. So, uh, let's go to the. This is, this is some good news. Just wanted to shout this out. Uh, the Utica Skate Park, that is. Uh, the Utica Skate Park is raising to build new obstacles for their skate park in Utica, New York, through the magic of GoFundMe. And the campaign has already raised over two thousand dollars. Donated mm-hmm. to that. You donated to it? Absolutely. Yeah, the current ramps at the skate park are currently over fifteen years old. The Utica Skate Park plans is to start building out three uh, metal fabricated benches with concrete tops that will be replaceable when the concrete gets worn out. However, to do this, they need the funds. Uh, they needed a goal of fifteen hundred, and so far they have crushed that goal. So good stuff. I like to hear good news for the skaters, Utica skaters. I actually. Um, heard them speak at the Common Council. Oh, can we talk about that? No. You know, come on, talk about it. <laughs> no. But they were, what they're trying to do is, is they're trying to get the city to help them fund it. They shouldn't be doing a GoFundMe on their own, yeah. trying to get all this money when this is something that the city could help them well, with. So it was heard. Yeah. So. Chad, when I spoke uh, in front of the city council in 2013 about the skate park and the skate plaza and trying to get them to basically, because the goal of the people we were working with for the Utica Skate Plaza project at the time, we were basically just trying to get the city to allow us to, we were going to find funding on our own, not take city funding because we knew they wouldn't mm. do it, but basically allow us to have control where it's like, hey, if we can get the money raised and bring in these architects and these plans and build it more like a mixed-use park-style thing instead of just a square. Yeah. And went and talked, and there was not much traction um, for the city with it wow. back then. I understand skateboarding is a liability. I also care that the city doesn't care much about anything besides the parkway and certain buildings downtown. Yeah. Um, but I am really happy to see the kids are still out there doing it. Because it was yeah. something that me and the people I was working with, you know, you lose it, people get older, things move on. It made me really happy to see this yeah. and see some other young kids out there now being like, yo, we got to raise money and take care of the park. Exactly. So. Dalvin Modi was was a great voice for them oh, there, yeah. too. He spoke, mm. and he's like, this should not be happening. We need to help them. Yeah. So, well, it's go. funny. I, oh. I, I moved past the story because we're running sort of long here, but the uh, earlier this week, like all the DRI contracts came out for all the money that's getting spread out across the city. Mm-hmm. feels like there's a lot of money that got spread out, and you couldn't have found like $4,000 somewhere in there to give to these folks. That's why know. everyone needs to go there yeah. to start going to the Common Council. Uh, all right, let's get to... Ooh, I have some New York City news for you guys. Are you ready? Yes. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, this one's real quick. New York City schools will also end their remote school option for students in September. I wonder how much different this looks than it looks doing it up here, because I have no idea. I haven't been in a New York City public school in many years. But this feels like it'll be a much bigger undertaking to get all these teachers and all these students back in the building than it is up here. I wonder. Because I, when you say, like, big undertaking, like, wouldn't it just be... Just go back to doing what you normally do? Yeah, just the sheer size of it means everything's got to be expanded so much more. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is one of the biggest school districts in the country. Yeah, like, are they going to have distance in still? Or how is that going to be at school? Because if it is, then how do they fit all those kids into classrooms? I think I'm asking that. How do they fit the kids into classrooms Well, they didn't have to dis- they didn't have to distance them. They're still keeping them. They're still distancing Yeah, I mean, I, I That's wonder, what I'm wondering. If they're not yeah. doing that, then fine. They should be able to walk back in school yeah. and have no problem. 
I mean, it's sort of a weird thing, right? The this the desks and stuff in the classrooms I work in are, are distanced, and they have mm-hmm. the the boards up and stuff. Uh, but also, they're also like mixed in like gym and playground and stuff. So I think that's all probably going to be gone at the end of this year. Right, anyway. if that so is, if that's the case, able to walk yeah. right back in and be like done. I just mean it's it's hard to coordinate with like thirty sets of parents. Do you know what I mean? When I'm dealing with like calling kids and trying to hammer stuff up, I feel like it's a lot worse when you have so much more. It's mm-hmm. like a, it's just a bigger scale of everything. Hmm. Uh, all right. And the other one here. Okay, so Andrew Yang has been getting kind of killed in New York because uh, a lot of New Yorkers don't see him as like a true New Yorker. Mm. Yeah, he's not. He's got no business. He's got mayor. no business running for mayor. Uh, but he's been really getting mocked this week uh, because of an interview he did on Showtime with comedian. Uh, Zoe, I hope I said that right, Z-I-W-E, where they asked him what his favorite New York City subway stop was, and he replied, Times Square, to which New Yorkers were very, very upset about, because this is a terrible stop that no one likes to go to. And they've been burning them all over the place. It's like a tourist thing or something. A tourist. Yeah, 100,000% not a New Yorker. These are all fine takes. But I'm, can I defend Andrew Yang in one point of his argument? Sure. He says, it's my stop. This is the stop I get off at all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like if your answer for what you're... It's either a stop you love for some reason or the stop you get off at. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me that Andrew Yang's favorite stop is Times Square if he lives there. It's the one he sees the most. Yeah. I'm a little surprised that he thought that was a good answer. That shows how out of touch he is with New York. Yeah. I mean, I guess the flip side of that coin is would you not like these people to tell the truth? I'd rather get the truth than like some fucking lie about, you know... Greenpoint or something. Yeah, you know right. I mean? Yeah, it's true. Uh, he also got dragged on social media for when they asked him what his favorite Jay Z song was, and he says the one they did with Lincoln Park. So you know, maybe not the best answer. Uh, all right. So there you go. Andrew Yang not having a great time in New York. Guys, have you seen any cicadas yet? No, I keep hearing about how we're gonna get like smothered with them. Yeah, I keep hearing that too, and I haven't seen any float around. I think it's a little early. But for folks who don't know, it is the, the start of the 17-year cycle for the Brood X Cicada, which periodically comes through the United States. 2004 was the last time we saw them. Uh, and this run of 2021 will be coming up underground from late May it's through June. It's a scary June. movie. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, periodical cicadas spend much of their lives underground. In the spring of the 13th or 17th year, in this case the 17th, they emerge uh, synchromoniously in mass. Uh, then they start mating, and it's apparently very loud. It sounds like loud salt shakers. Uh, they will hang around for about six weeks, and then they will begin to die off in late June and into early July. Have you? I haven't seen any. Although now, whenever I see any big bug, I'm like, "Is that one? Is that one of the cicadas? Is the first no, one I I've seen?" seen <clears throat> this is an interesting story. Uh, although I do feel bad because I did read an article that like, a lot of outdoor restaurants are going to suffer because of this for like six weeks. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of places that just opened back up. Maybe not so much here in New York, but in like the Midwest where this is like a big, huge like mess where they come out of the ground. I didn't think about that. Yeah, think about how crummy that would be if you're like sitting out like in front of Taylor <laughs> and the cook and just a giant buzzing mass of cicadas comes to ruin your outdoor meal. I've also seen a lot of people talking about you can eat the cicadas if you cook them correctly and that was where i decided it was too much internet for the day so uh all right god lose my voice all right so guys it's garage sale season i don't know if you noticed when you were driving around over the weekend i saw at least three garage sales uh this was a list that was posted 
on Life98.7's uh, website for things, 11 things you should never do at a Central New York garage sale. Guys, would you like to hear the 11 things? Let's Don't try and sneak valuable stuff into a pile of crap and try and pay less for it. I've never seen anybody do that. Seems like a real shady thing to do. How many garage sales are you at? I stopped at a garage sale here and there. I bet there's, I mean, these people go out to 10 per weekend. <laughs> I bet it's out I there. I have friends who That doesn't like... surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. Don't show up two hours before the sale opens and sit in the driveway. People don't do that. That doesn't sound oh, right. Oh, hell yeah, they do. They do? These, I'm telling you, garage sale people are wild because yeah. you have to get there early. I know, but if what, you, what are garage, you going to find at this thing that's so important? The good that, stuff. People who are collectors, and seriously, people who are collectors. Okay. Do if it's a good one, like a house estate sale, maybe. No, I, I think I think that a lot of garage sales are better than you think. But if you're going at 1030, you might as well just not go. Because the people are going to go get all the expensive tools, expensive electronics, all collectible items. These people, I'm telling you, they're out there. It's wild. Uh, number three, don't criticize pricing. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to pay a dollar for a hardcore, uh, hardcover book, you shouldn't be lecturing people on what other garage sales around the neighborhood are charging for books. What? Just pay the price or, or don't pay. Please that. bring that to my garage sale. <laughs> I would I'd bring anything like that to me. <laughs> don't try to bargain down very small ticket items. I mean, it's like a grandma thing. Yeah. <laughs> don't block the road or park on the grass. Yo, I saw one dude just stop in the middle of the road when I was driving by yesterday. I'd be like, really? This is where you're stopping? Don't leave your kids unattended in the car when you do it. Don't pay with a check. Don't ask to bring something home without paying to see if it fits, matches, or looks good in your house. What? Don't steal things. Uh, don't try to return items. And don't try and manipulate people into giving you stuff for free by telling them a sob story about how you're down to your last dollar. Again, some of these seem like things don't like... Don't be an asshole. They don't be a dick, essentially, is the end of this story. Yeah, I did see at least three or four garage sales on the way up to my mom's for, for dinner on Sunday night. Oh, yeah, they were out all weekend. All right, let's do... Uh, I'm going to skip this week's Boo This Man because it's not worth my time. Uh, but I am going to do two big energy segments this week. Uh, the first is about an 11-year-old girl who fought off an alleged kidnapping attempt earlier this week. She credited Law & Order Special Victims Unit for some quick thinking that helped authorities identify the suspect. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the girl, identified as Alyssa, said she marked the attacker with blue slime that she had been playing with because she, quote, knew there'd be better evidence if the cops find him wearing something with the blue marks on him. Turns out that is exactly what happened. Uh, this man came after her with a knife. She tried to run. He caught her, but she smeared the the slime on his arms. Incredible thinking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he was char- this man was charged with attempted kidnapping on a child under 13, aggressive assault with a weapon, simple battery, being held on $1.5 million bail. So shout out to this girl. And they should do like a, uh, they should do something, they pull a lot of stuff from the headlines for Law & Order, shouldn't they? Mm. Pull this story from I'm the headlines. I'm sure they will. Pull this from the headlines. Well, there, you know, I thought it wasn't really a crime. No, an attempted really crime. Like an it's true. Yeah. It's true. Asked how she felt about the narrow escape, Alyssa said she was mostly proud of herself and said that she believed SVU detective Olivia Benson would probably tell her, you're brave and good job. That's true. It's true. She would say that to her. Uh, and the second big energy this week goes to Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson. Uh, Phil Mickelson is a professional golfer, for folks who don't know, who put himself in the record book on Sunday by winning the PGA Championship. He is the oldest man to ever win a major golf championship at the age of 50. It is his sixth major, and he became the first player in PGA Tour history to win the event 30 years apart. Uh, so there you go. At the age of 50, he wins 
the PGA Tour, oldest man to ever win a major. I guess I don't like golf enough because I saw this and I was like, okay, cool. And then I like went on Twitter and people were it's all over. Twitter. All over. Like they were so happy for Phil. I must have it must have been some like really like nice moment on TV that I wasn't watching because I didn't get it. I was like, he's old and won. That's cool. Uh, my favorite response to this was, this just gave Tiger Woods all the motivation he needed to win in major like 51. Tiger Woods will be back now. He can't mm. let this stand, I bet. Uh, all right, that's it. Big energy segment this week is over. It is time to get to this week's interview with our GFOPs, Tim Schramm and Erica Zalatan. It has been 64 weeks since they've been on the show, and we're happy to have them back. You can see them both on June 17th for free as Zalatan performs the first time in over a year at Handshake City. We'll be here with the interview in just a moment. Also, uh, there's always a chance I'm gonna have to get up out of the studio and unlock his door, let the cat out. I can see he's already lurking. Yeah, I gotta go let him out. Yeah, he's mad at me. He's like, locked him out. Sorry, Charles. Yeah, he hates it. He hates it. He um, he's going through a lot of problems right now with this weather. He's like, it's too hot for him. He's lazy. He's not around. He's like lurking around, hiding in the shadows. My cat's doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm glad your cat is all right, by the yes, way. Yes, thank you. Um, and I'm sad that I didn't get to see you at Tim's party because I expected that I was going to run into you somewhere yes. along the way. Uh, but I've got to address something. Yeah. And, and I don't know if this is me or this has happened in the past. People will, like, send me messages if, like, there's... if they're going to be late or if they're concerned and they're always... It always feels like people think I'm gonna be mad at them, <laughs> and I do. I give off like some it's weird like, authority. Teacher I guess that's what it is, like, right? It's, it's, this is the way you, you know. It's like oh, if, if someone has an obligation to do something, it's like oh, I feel bad. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yes, I feel like it's the um, proper thing to do. <laughs> no, I appreciate the. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's that. I respect that, and I'm happy that like because a lot of people just be like, no, I'll, I'll just show up late, right? Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate that, but a lot of times I'm always like, wait, do people think I'm some sort of like. Some sort of jerk behind the scenes, like I'm here, really like you gotta be here now. Yeah. Uh, and I always go back to this big moment. You guys will appreciate this. Kevin and I were uh, playing a show years ago. We were playing a Halloween show at a barn in Rome. There was a bunch of different bands from different places. It was a great show, actually. It was a lot of fun. People would dance on hay bales, listen to crappy punk rock, and uh, one of these bands from different state. They were from like Ohio or somewhere, right? And we played our set, they played their set, we're out in the van, we're having some beers, we're, we're chatting, and you know, and they're getting loose, and you know, they're so, suddenly they're really nice to us. They were a little standoffish, and they were a little, you know, like strangers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the guys looked at me and Kevin, and he's like, you know, you guys were pretty cool, I thought you guys were gonna be dicks. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, I, and we all kind of look at each other, we're like, why? Do we, do yeah. we give off like dickish vibes? I don't understand. And uh, he apparently was just like, "Oh, because you guys are from New York. We thought that all ba- <laughs> we thought that all bands from New York were dicks." And I was like, "Full of ourselves." Just very. <laughs> uh, so, for folks who haven't picked up by the by the odd title of this week's episode, we are joined 
uh, by Tim Schramm and Eric Zalatan, two of my favorite folks in the whole Thank world. I'm happy to you. have you guys here. Happy to be here. Yes. <laughs> well, it's, it's my deep pleasure. Uh, and I just want to I'll do a little framing here for folks who, if you don't remember, the last time you guys were on the show, you were both on together. Mm-hmm. And it was episode 245, which oh, was, yeah. this will be an interesting one, March 2nd, 2022. For folks who are curious, that was about... 2020, I'm sorry, 2020, my bad. March 2nd, 2020, my bad. In the future, we've gone into... No, it was March 2nd, 2020, which I want to say was only about two episodes before we shut down live interviews in the studio altogether. Carrie Bostic, who just moved away to Utica, shout out to Carrie, uh, was the last person who was in the studio right before COVID hit, and we had to change the whole everything for everybody. So it's been... Essentially, 64 weeks since you guys have been on here, right before the start of the coronavirus. Wow. Yeah. And now, we're back. It's episode 309, <laughs> and the world is healing? Question mark? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess let's get the, the, the tough question out of the way. How have you guys been doing over this last year? How has like, this COVID stuff affected work and music? And I guess, Tim, if you want to start, whoever wants to start can jump in. But I mean, I'll go. I, you know, I, I worked throughout, and I had been working remotely before, so yeah. that wasn't much of a change. Uh, the biggest change was that I was just, just getting started. We talked about this last one of like booking more events. And yeah. like, you know, that picking <laughs> yeah. up, and you know, I had just started doing a few shows with the Uptown, yeah. and, you know, uh, so that has been a little challenging, but you know, right around the corner, getting back to that is fine. But I mean, I've caught up on so much television that I missed <laughs> for years. Uh, I'll give it that. Did you finally watch The Wire? Are you like a? I had already watched. I You know, catch up on that. I've like made a tremendous amount of music and mm-hmm. just like other like little weird things and like you know playing drums like every single day has been lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So it's like I got my chops back. You know, as a mm-hmm. you know. You know, early 40-year-old man, you know, to, like, keep my exercise up. But it has been pretty good. I mean, I have RA, so yeah. kind of, I was, like, a little cautious because I was on, you know, uh, immune suppressors, and I had mm-hmm. stopped taking them for a while. And mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, I'm fine with being home. Like, I, you know, it's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that because I have a lot of hobbies and activities to keep myself busy. I was joking around with a buddy of mine before we, I had two birthdays this week. Uh, your birthday and, our, and Heather, our co-host's birthday. It's a very birthday-centric week this week. And uh, we were laughing. We're like, man, I wish the, I, I miss the days when I could just say I can't make it because I go. <laughs> no, and I have to go to everything yep. that people show up to now. Yep. Uh, Erica, what about you? How have you been handling this last year and a half? Uh, it's you know, as everyone will say, it's been good and bad. But honestly, I feel better about everything after this whole pandemic. Really? Like through huh. the whole thing. Yeah, it's kind of been. It's been nice. I have a lot of social anxiety, so same. Yeah. I've been mm-hmm. happy not doing things. Honestly. Nice. Um, social things. Yeah, yeah. So, because I really, I have so many hobbies, mm. and I just like to be by myself or with my cats doing those. <laughs> you know, I, I really, I just had a conversation, I think Kevin were actually talking about this on the way down to your party, because uh, I, we were talking about the idea of people being introverted, right? And I, I find myself to be relatively introverted guy, and that tends to confuse people they're like but you are you do like this podcast and you like you're a teacher and you sit in front of people and you're usually pretty friendly when uh, you meet people in public and i'm like yeah it's That's tough why i, yeah. I got into like I, it drains me i'm usually yeah. exhausting yeah. and miserable yeah. absolutely uh so and i, and I think a good balance like because i oh you know i generally do things in front of people mm-hmm. i'm i'm a very friendly person 
but at the same time, it gets it, that's exhausting. So I really treasure my time where I don't have to speak to anyone mm-hmm. other than my cat. You know, <laughs> and this is like a bold statement. You know, I tend to think that introverts are more creative in general, but extroverts are better at promoting themselves, and that's why they yes. get more. Yeah, I was just watching Goodfellas actually, and I was reading this whole thing about Joe Pesci. And they were talking about like one of Joe Pesci's big things about why he quit acting for like twenty years at, in like the mid ninety like ninety eight to like two thousand sixteen. He just singing career. That's no, no. Yeah. <laughs> but essentially, he was like, I hated promoting things that I was in. It was always awkward for me to be like, Hey, come see this thing oh, yeah. that I did. Like, he, yeah. he was one of those people who yeah. wanted people to just, if you like it, you like it. If you know it, you know it. I don't want to like have to sell it to you. And I think that's a hard thing for a lot of like. Creative introverts yeah, like ourselves. I, yeah. I, I, I think I have a much easier time promoting other people's things. Mm-hmm. I'm terrible mm-hmm. about promoting really my own. Are. Like especially yeah. my own music. Like I just I like I'll put it up, you know, and send a link to my friends. He just sends like, a quiet link to us. <laughs> and like I put stuff Doesn't out all the time, but it's like if somebody's doing a show or whatever, or my friend stuff, I'm just like, you know, yeah. like blowing it up on social media when I can, if I, you know, I get the chance. So. Well, that's what my well, that's what my job here to do is, is to promote you guys on my platform. I was like, I mean, like, and that's again, like, a big part of even setting this show up was like, well, I'm gonna have to find somebody every week who's doing something because I yeah. can't, like, I'm not doing something cool every week. <laughs> um, wow. So that was way off topic, but it's been it's been 64 weeks. Um, yes. How have you guys sort of handled getting back in the world? Has it been awkward? Has it been nerve wracking? Have you been okay with it? I've been working the whole time. Really? The whole, yeah. yeah. Well, the job I was running over in that, uh, what was it, CA, somewhere in Herkimer, the school district there, mm-hmm. um, the school obviously shut down. Certainly, Construction yeah. for one day shut down. Yeah. And then they found a loophole and were like, get back to work, you know, so <laughs> construction never, never stops. So well, I always forget that you're like a renaissance woman. You have like a thousand jobs and things that you're involved in. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's true. <laughs> yeah, so I, I stayed working most of that time, and that helped, obviously, mm-hmm. but I also kind of wish I wasn't working, because I fell into the woodworking so much harder yeah. that it's just all I want to do. That's all I want. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, and I have that down here for folks who wanted to know. I'm glad you gave me the sticker, because uh, I was going to have to look it up again otherwise. Uh, it's whatwouldericadu.com, and also that's the Instagram handle. I was just looking yep. at some of it today. How long have you been doing the woodworking thing? Because I've known you've been doing like the the like the OSHA stuff and the electrician electrician yeah. stuff and stonework. But how how long has this been like a thing that you've uh, been doing? Four years now. Four years now. It's not long. I had surgery on my arm back when I just topped out of my apprenticeship, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and wood burning was kind of the only thing I could do in the healing process, which mm-hmm. is surprising thinking of how in pain I was. <laughs> but um, yeah. I, I had tried it once before, didn't like it, thought I sucked at it, mm-hmm. and then I didn't have time, I didn't, I couldn't play guitar, because I had the surgery and stuff, so I couldn't do anything except that, and then it just didn't stop, mm-hmm. <laughs> and now, and now I just keep diving into more deeper aspects of woodworking. It's, it's turned into some sort of addiction as well. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I'm a very addictive, addicted person. Addicted person? I, I feel, no, I'm with you on that, I feel like when there's something that suddenly I fall into, it's hard, generally, right? Yeah. This is why I gave up video games, because I was like, I can't, I can't spend this much time doing this anymore. Yeah. I can't wait until you, I don't know if you've gotten to this period yet, when you start carving statues out of wood. I had a friend's mom <laughs> who used to make like bears and like people out of like a whole log. Yeah. You take it inside and start I can to... totally see you do it. I think that's... <laughs> Smaller scale stuff, small, of course. Like, I'm, I'm waiting for you to do miniatures. I'm a fan like, of miniature like, uh, Miniatures, yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> how long, so how long have you been back to playing though? Because I do have some stuff I was going to ask you about. Like, did it, 
<laughs> did you miss it, certainly? Obviously, it was tough to not be able to play, or... Well, back when I had the surgery, that yeah. was years ago, but are you talking the pandemic? Oh, right, yeah, pandemic okay. time. I'm sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. Yeah, I, pandemic, I honestly, I barely, pick, I just started picking up my guitar again. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we didn't jam a single time? Nope. Mm-hmm. Like, nope. Oh, about a month ago, I started slowly picking it back up and, like, relearning my songs, like yeah, you yeah. talked oh about before. Oh, my God, it's the worst. <laughs> nothing, nothing worse. So, <laughs> then I gotta rewrite them all. I'm like, yeah, God damn it! Yeah, so. <laughs> well, I like improv. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I honestly didn't miss it, because I didn't mm. have that motivation for that aspect of... You know, it's so weird, right? Because Kevin plays constantly. And Kevin's very good. Like, they're playing right now. No, he's, he's, he, he, he plays all the time. He's I constantly playing. Um, and, you know, and because he's in practice all the time, and they're back to work now, too, mm-hmm. you know, he's playing constantly. And he's, like, on his game. He's probably as good as he's ever been. I won't, don't tell him I said that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I barely play anymore, right? So I get that thing now where even if I pick up the guitar for, like, ten minutes, I'm like, oh, my fingers hurt now. My hands are not callous. So, like, I, it is one of those things, though, where, like, to get back into playing guitar and being good at it, you just have to dig right. You just have to dig. No, I'm gonna play for like three hours yeah, today and just yeah. like and run through it. And I wish I had that kind of free time again. I'm kind of sad. Me too. <laughs> I know I barely do. Well, you did happen. I have to say, I put the track on uh, on our mixtape this week for folks on Spotify who can listen to it. Cool. Uh, you did do some guitar work for was it Board Sports? It was on this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. I listened to it before you came here. It was very cool. Oh, thank you. Um, you got you do have. I don't know if it's you know I don't know. If, how you met these folks or anything. Mm-hmm. It does have that very, uh, I like to call it cinematic quality that I find with the kind of music that you guys yes. produce. Yes. Um, very much so. <laughs> yeah, so folks can check that out. Do you have any, like, you, have you had the urge now that you've been picking up and you're performing again? Is it like, do you feel like it's going to come back to you quick? I don't know. Like, I want to write new stuff, yeah. but I pick up the guitar or I sit at the computer and I'm just like, I just want to be, like, making something. I want more... Um, Tangible? Tangible and like immediate, whereas with wood carving, wood burning, I can just do it. My it's in my head now, it's out. But with music, I feel a little overwhelmed lately trying yeah. to write that I just can't. So I want to, but I can't. <laughs> it's fair. I mean, I struggle to. I, I think that that comes with it as well because I was yeah. like, I picked up a guitar a couple weeks ago and I was like, the only thing I can play is stuff that I used to play. There's no, I can't like anytime I try and write some new song, I'm like, I'll start something like, oh this. Is this it? Is it? Oh, I've written this already. Damn it. Yeah. All right. Ah, God damn it. Damn it. See, I have yeah. the opposite, especially with the, you know, I do mostly electronic music on my mm-hmm. own. So it's like, I just, if I get in a mood, like, I'll bang out, song, like, a couple songs in a it's week. Like, yeah. I don't understand. But then I'll take, like, a month, and I won't do squat. So it's like, I, it, it's a weird time where it's just like this ebb and flow where it's like, with drums, like, I get nervous, and I'm like, oh, I'm, like, falling back. But I've been, uh, this entire time, I've gotten together at least weekly with, uh, Dave Borgia and Danny Barefoot, yeah. they got they got backs like super early. Yep. They worked in healthcare, so mm-hmm. I was like, come over, play. We were playing weekly, just complete yeah. improvising. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I got some chops back up, so yeah. I wasn't feeling as much like, oh, I get robotic, because I'm a very robotic drummer to begin with. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I worry about that, but now I feel so much better about it. I'm like, when we were playing yeah. the other day, I was like, I'm good. That was great. And I was like, yeah. I was like yeah. after like a you know, couple whiskeys, too, and I was still all right. Yeah, when <laughs> I, I, yeah, when I could hear myself. Oh, yeah. It was fun. I tend to feel like, for me at least, whenever I would hit like some creative quagmire or, or like block my big move was to just switch instruments mm. like i would yeah, I'd play guitar yeah. for like six months and be like ah, i am f- you know what only the move now we're only playing the move <laughs> the next three weeks yeah. right and i feel like that sort of sometimes would kick me back into like the the zone definitely um full switch mm-hmm. just takes the focus and the pressure off of one single thing like i can't i have never played guitar and i played bass when i was younger but i never really got the hang of it so it's like it's good to be able to 
switch between like you know programming or like using drum machines or into just playing live drums and like yeah or banging on a trash can. You know, yeah. one, of, one of my favorite songs from Doug. Uh, so yeah. I, I have I have to mention this because uh, Justin will be mad at me if I don't do promos. We already talked about it at the beginning of the show, but of course Eric, you'll be performing live Handshake City on June seventeenth. Yes. Will this be your first show back in public in front yes. of people? Yes. Yeah. It's been well over a year. I'm uh, I'm really excited to hear it. You know, I've been I love I love the music. I'm really really excited. Not only just to have you back, but I'm really excited to have the park back open. It's been yeah. really nice. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> really yeah. nice. Uh, Tim, are we gonna see you that night as well? You're gonna be yeah, showing I'm up. Yeah, I'm doing sound for. Her, I so. love it. I love it. Um, yeah, I think I'm starting just slowly starting to get shows back up. You know, mm-hmm. like just waiting on everybody's like June first deadlines and then like scheduling ahead of time. So mm-hmm. I'm I got some stuff in the works. I just don't have any solid dates. I hear you. Unfortunately. I mean, that's how it always goes, isn't it, though? Yeah, yeah no, I usually schedule stuff, like, you know, advanced right. touring bands, so I have to do it. Like, I'll get, you know, I have bands that are touring, they yeah, can't true. at times, so they reach yeah. out to me. A lot of times, I'd still, I have to come up with stuff last minute, like, I'm going to start doing, bringing stuff in for, uh, for on Saturday Night Thursday is at Nell Creek, like, mm. getting bands in there, like, early in the yeah. evening, yeah. so, like, I got, I got to get back into this, like, a lot of the bands that I, you know, I have these connections with, they're not touring, they're not coming around, so it's like, I'm really, like, stretching to get local stuff, mm-hmm. um, so I want, I, I need to reach out a little bit more for some local well, bands, or local original music. You'd yeah. probably be the man to, to know this more than I would. Are venues now ready to have, are venues in general much more ready to have music now than they were, like, three weeks ago, a month ago? So far, I've seen a few places, yes. I, I've noticed that it's mostly just, like, uh... People are starting with like acoustic or like solo, yeah. like choir mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for as far as like the uptown and nail, like they were working on getting yeah. up to that point, and then you know working on you know slowly bringing it back over the summer, like staggering a bit just to make sure it's not too overwhelming. Because you also don't want to, you know, with the liquor authority regulations too, they don't, they're not really clear and what they can yeah. do and things change. So I think everybody's being cautiously optimistic about mm-hmm. it. So there's plans like you know setting up like say like Nail Creek's anniversary party like. And working on setting up stuff for that, and that's waiting to June. So yeah. like, I think we, I think yeah. everybody's being pretty smart about being cautious, being careful, making sure that everything goes in line with the regulations mm-hmm. from the state and from the liquor authority, and it's capacity yeah. too. It's also people like we don't want to. I personally don't want to jump back into that stuff. I would rather give it like a little, certainly give it a couple of weeks and yeah. we do some smaller stuff mm-hmm. first, and then kind of work towards like all right later in the year, mm-hmm. and we can get back to doing like. You know, I'll see what bigger bands I get in the yeah. area, you know, like doing stuff at the Uptown and yeah. stuff like that once everything kind of settles. So I'm definitely, I think most places around here, at least the ones that I work with anyway, are being very cautious and careful with it. This is more a question for you, Tim, that's only for me because I've had <laughs> I've had this thought before. I was going through doing some research before you guys came over so I could come up with some stuff. And I noticed you have, like, you were talking about how you have, like, multiple Twitter accounts, like, for different bands, right? Like, I was looking at different <laughs> So I was trying to think. There was definitely a period of time when I had like eight phantom Twitter accounts mm. that were just band names that I was potentially going to use. <laughs> yep. So my question for you is, how many band names do you sit on at any given time? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I've, I've learned over the past few years, I've, I've, I've reeled it in. Like, I literally <laughs> forgot that I have like a separate Twitter account for my current music, my current solo music project. Yeah. So just, just the two for now. But... I still have stuff going back decades. Yeah. You know, on my band camp, I, it's basically like a label because there's so many different bands. <laughs> but stretches of time, it's also bands I played in too that I've got recordings on and just like dump stuff onto my band camp. Mm-hmm. And I started like, 
a year or two, I finally started getting stuff up on Spotify. Like, I bought one of the artists' ones so I can upload as much music as I want a yearly fee. Yeah. Um, so, right now, it's it's just it's pretty much on us. See, it's tough now. I'm putting in spots, I'm thinking, oh. so my own personal stuff, Warm Forms. That's yeah, yeah, my soul electronic stuff, you know, just like, you know, it's like movie video game theme music yeah, yeah. type of stuff. And, you know, we, we haven't, we didn't have a gin an entire year since uh, this weekend as yeah. Murder Dream with me, yeah. uh, Eric and Dave Borger, <laughs> Dave Borgia. Um, but I've been playing with Dave and Danny Barefoot as the Galactic Derelicts, which is excellent. It's pretty much Murder Dream without yeah. Erica. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's no guitar, it's just. Like modular synths and whatever weird sampler name we're going over. I don't know if we talked about Space Bodega last time, which you can't have. That's mine. <laughs> don't yeah, no one. I feel, I, feel I, feel like I feel like we talked about that last time. Like, but yeah. every, that's like one of those ones I go and check to make sure no one has on Spotify. So I'm like, wait, did anyone take that yet? Someone took one of my favorite old ones. Like I went on Spotify right before this and I found out that there's a, another band called Strange Light. And I'm like, this wasn't here before. Where are these guys? I'm like, what's going on? So mad. I've been uh, very lucky that I haven't, I haven't had crossover. Even like bands that I or name monikers I used when I was very young. When yeah. I first started putting out, you know, CDs and stuff in the late '90s. Like, I've been lucky that I've come up with weird enough things that it's never been an issue. Well, I think that's what you notice if you look at like a lot of modern like young hip hop artists, like a lot of these SoundCloud rappers and stuff like that. They have names that seem like this is only so that. It's the only, whenever you type this in, this is the only result that's ever going to yeah. come up. My name is like MBA young boy kill them all. Like, it's like yeah. as one word, yeah. right? Like it's like, it's good for you, man. Like yeah. no one will ever confuse you with anybody else. Tim, good marketing. But my, one of my favorite things that Tim does is he has, or well, I'll send him when like my wife and I are talking or it's just me or, or even just her says something where it's like. Oh my God! We need to send that to Tim. Band name. Yeah. Oh band yeah. Name. So we send him a band name, quote unquote, and he has a whole list of notes of all the band and multiple people and know yeah, that successful. Yeah, yeah. Him. Two dozen people that send me things on a regular basis. Like when they it start it started a while back when my friend Emily she would mishear things like when somebody <laughs> would say something so she would send me that whatever she misheard yeah. it was usually something like you know chaos donkey or something yeah. like just something really odd. And I, I actually used, uh, I, I just finished the EP, and I just, I think it just went on Spotify yesterday, and I used one of the songs that, that Erica, one of, the, one of the things that Erica gave me, and it was literally just like, Ghost Vest. Ghost Vest, yeah, the vest of a ghost, that's pretty good. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's great. <laughs> and, like, I, and I had made this song with Erica in mind to begin with, because I originally wanted her to play guitar on it, and so I was like, that's the one, that's it. Yeah. It's like, I, it. And then I, Paul Crowder from The Real Burnouts gave me Electric Frisbee, which is another one of my oh, favorite yeah. ones. I saw... Uh, mutual friend Anthony Bianco oh, yeah. at uh, at the Onion, and every time I see him, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, you had the greatest band name of all time, and it was Draculatron. Yeah. And I've oh, never oh, to this yeah. day found a band yeah. name that I've liked better. I'm like, amazing, number one still number one, uh, <laughs> still number one in my heart. Uh, so, guys, I sent you some new lightning round questions, but in typical fashion, because I'm the worst, I thought of a bunch of random ones on the way here. So, Erica, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I know that you don't like when I spring stuff on you, um, but this one got. Uh, in my mind because uh, it happened last year and I was real sad about it um, because Daft Punk broke up. And I was really oh. sad because I never got a chance to see Daft Punk before they they went their own way. So my question is, is there a band that you guys love or have loved in the past who you can't see anymore and wish you could have? Could be an old band, could be a new band that's broken up. Any particular band you wish you had gotten to see that you'll never be able to now? Right. I can say, I mean, he, he's still alive and he's still making music as far as I know, but I don't think he performs live anymore. Tom Waits. 
I never got to see Tom Waits. Tom Waits. And he did, I'm pretty sure he stopped touring a few I, years yeah. ago. <clears throat> and I don't even know if he's been putting out stuff recently, but that's that's one of the first ones I can think of, even though he's still like around. Like I don't see that ever happening again. Yeah, you know, Tom Waits one of those things I feel like much like Leonard Cohen, one of those things where I downloaded like their entire discography one night when that was still a thing people did. And I was like, I'm going to get into Tom Waits. I'm going to get into it. And then I would listen. I'm like, oh, this is, I'm not, I'm struggling with this a little bit. I'm going to have to, I'm going to go back and listen to Green Day for like 20 minutes. And then I'm going to go back. I went through a period in like the yeah. early 2000s where I was like, I just, I got into weirder and weirder and weirder stuff. And like some of his like less piano, more insanity. Yes. Yeah. Really spoke to me. And then it's like, you know, yeah, Stuart Copeland was his drummer, like, in his life, you know, it's like, there was, like, all these, like, pieces put together, because, like, I just got super into it. I, it's not something I listen to all the time anymore, and I think it's because, like, you know, I, back then I smoked weed every single day, and I don't anymore, so. Which is odd, because it's legal now. You, you could if you wanted to now. Yeah. Um, Erica, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. No. <laughs> I, know. I, I know I'll think of it after I leave, but I think, for now at least, I am really fearing that Depeche Mode is going to stop touring by the time That's I'm the ready first to see thing them. I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I am going to see them like and garbage, but they're kind of touring again. Yeah, they they, hmm. they they popped up. Yeah, so I guess those I guess are fair. My answers because are... I don't know how much long Depeche Mode's getting up there. Shout out to my uh, brother-in-law Randall who loves Depeche Mode uh, and gave me a lot of crap when I told him I thought Talking Heads were better than Depeche Mode. Uh, he got mad at me. I know we. Different, though. Yeah. I said they're totally different. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. even compare the two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can answer for sure for my wife would be David Bowie. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> so I was talking about this, and this is even a question. I feel like like St. Vincent right now is just like, I'm doing Bowie's career trajectory, right? Like, she's just like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do different character each album, yeah. like sort of amorphous song types, and I'm here for it. This That's is not a complaint. so good at it. I, I love but, her, yeah. I just listened to that new album. It's really good. Got it. It's not as spacey as some of the other stuff. It's a lot more like seventies, yeah, like cocaine funk. The yeah, whole it's, of it, like, <laughs> it's got that. Yeah, it does. It, it really does sound like yeah. somebody playing in the bar. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm only the one song. Yeah. She's super cool. Yeah, um, she is. So uh, right, let me get one more for you guys here before we get to the actual lightning round questions. All right, so here's one. What? This is a tough one. We just had this conversation in the group chat. What's the best one-hit wonder of your lifetime? Oh my god, that is really difficult. That's a really hard question. <laughs> I'm, you know, I've been obsessed with music for my entire life, and I'm 42 yeah. years old, so it's kind of like, where do I, like, do I pick like an era, maybe? Yeah. Like, oh, that's a tough the, one. The first one that comes to mind for me, and it was pretty much a one-hit wonder. There was one other maybe that was like eh, kind of popular. I don't know. Cardigan's Love Pool has always yes. been one of my favorite yes. songs of all time. Yes. Like, Actually, not to think of something. Uh, well, the ones I got shot down on, I said Flagpole Sitta by Harvey Danger, oh my which, God, is, I love, yeah. which I love. Uh, and people were like, yes. And then I was like, closing time. And they were like, boo. I got booed because... Uh, I just don't like... Never really. It was the first that song I ever learned to play. To me, yeah. That, that is like... That. It's, there's that. a lot of nostalgia... Little Black Backpack by Yo, Oh my God! Of the, wow! One of my I'm gonna write that down and put it on this week's list because I forgot they existed. Oh my <laughs> God! That made my day. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'm gonna have a huge Love conversation about Stroke Nine when if you guys leave with Kevin. We're gonna do this the whole. We're gonna do the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's really wow, wow. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, all right. I guess. Uh, oh, and this is more of a broad question. I don't have an answer to. I've noticed and. 
Eric, you'll you you appreciate this, I think, more than Tim doesn't like my pop punk stuff as much. Uh, it's, I, it's an age thing. I it's never, an, it's really, an age I never thing. really yeah. got into it. The pop punk sort of vibes, I feel like, are kind of back. I'm like too old for what yeah. what's doing it, uh, for who's doing it, but it's back. It seems like. Yeah. When's grunge coming back? Didn't they try that already? Yeah, <laughs> I was say, I don't Isn't that Nickelback? Like, uh, didn't they try uh, grunge already? Uh, I feel like grunge fashion never. Not fashion. Like yeah, we no, we kept the grunge look. Since the 90s, for the most part, I feel I like. I think the fashion might be just, this only speaks from the few younger, like very young people yeah. that I know. I, it reminds me a little bit of like when I was a teenager during the actual yeah. grunge era. I'd seen some younger people starting to wear like the flannels yeah. and the mom jeans and the denim. Like. There's a, there's a, if you go look at the, this is a real vague reference, if you look at the Hunger Strike music video for the band Temple of the Dog. It's Eddie, yeah. I'm going hungry, going hungry. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you look at that music video, the bass player is Jeff Ament, who plays bass for Pearl Jam. And he looks like a maniac, but that outfit would be really cool today. It's like <laughs> it's like a shiny windbreaker and like shorts with tights underneath it and like a big, like a weird, so I don't even know what kind of hat it would be, but it's like this crazy hat, and it's like, oh yeah, you could wear this in Brooklyn right now. Oh, yeah. people, would, okay. people are in on it. Right. Uh, and this is a more broad question for you guys as a group, because you guys work together so much, or have you worked together for so many years. Mm-hmm. Do you find, do you find working with another person makes the job easier, or do you find working by yourself allows you to get done faster? Like, which of the two processes when it comes to making music? I mean, with us, it's. It's wonderful. Very natural. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's no between working with Erica a lot and Paul Crowder, real Brunson, and working with him for even Paul's longer. Great guy. Yeah. It's it goes without saying. Same with working with Dave and Danny. Like, it's uh, especially with creating music. You know, there's sometimes where there's like shows or events. Like, mm-hmm. I could say in some situations, I prefer to do some things on my own. Like, yeah. part of it is because I don't want to ask anybody for any help. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll end up doing this quite often. Like, oh, I can load up all the gear and do all the sound uh-huh. and take care of the bands. I don't know. Thank you. I, don't, I just don't want to ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm perfectly fine with either, either way, but like a lot of times it's like, no, I don't want to ask you to like, help me log all this gear in or so I schedule stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, we are with uh, Tim Schramm and Erica Zalatan, two of our favorites who joined us. Before we get into the actual lightning round questions that I gave you, uh, thought of a song. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how big of a hit this was if I'm like really aging myself with this, but one of my favorite bands of all time only had one commercial mm-hmm. radio song. And this band was called Hum. And this Hum. Song was called Stars. Stars. Oh that was the first one that really like hit me because I only oh. I saw it. I literally I saw that. it on MTV. I know that. Band. And I there's the band. I've stuck with the band. Like they had a hiatus for a long time until like last year. Huh. But their entire discography is amazing and beautiful. But that was the one time that they ever got a name. Oh, like, totally. airplay. oh, I thought of another one. Yes, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Do you remember when Pepsi Blue came out? Yes. Okay, they had the one commercial with like all the monks and stuff, and this yeah. band Sev played this song. It's like, Pepsi Blue, Pepsi Blue. That was like a song I really loved that I'm super embarrassed to say that I love. Well, that guy, I mean, the, the lead the lead singer in that band, had been in punk bands since like the really? early 80s. And that was like the one time it popped up because I was like, I remember he was in some like, like, like there was like a punk another band, 311 like, sort of yeah. thing going on. Oh, dude. Okay. I'm going to get some flack for this if any of my friends listen to me. I got a lot of buddies who love 311. They like go to 311 <laughs> Day. They like, they know all the albums. They got uh-huh. all the tracks. And I grew up like the, the first two albums I ever listened to 
ever listened to were albums that would come out of my sister's room in the morning. My sister was 10 years older than me. Mm -hmm. And it was Bob Marley's Legend and the self-titled Sublime album. So you put together what kind of person she was. Uh, But yeah, yeah, but so I loved Sublime growing up. And Bob Marley, but I listened to a lot more Sublime because it had that punky vibes to it. So to this day, I'm always like... 311 is like sublime with no edge. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, like people get mad. 311 fans get mad at me for saying that. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I was never a fan of that that entire sound. If there's even a genre that's associated with that sound, well, I'm never a fan of it. Well, that's really interesting because we were talking about songs that make us mad on the ride home from uh, <laughs> from some trip me and my parents. And I was like, have you ever guys heard that song where the white guys do reggae and talk about how they want to get married? Like, why you want to be so rude? You oh, ever heard that oh song? my god, I hate that song. That oh song my like god. offends my sensibilities. My it's god. like it's like oh my god, this I'm is... right there with. <laughs> and I don't know why, but it, is it that is it the the sort of like white guys doing reggae yeah, thing? Is that really what it is? Sort of is thing. it appropriation? To me, I'm just like yeah. what? Like stop. Yeah, I, 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 that might be it for me too because I did grow up in a neighborhood where I had a lot of Jamaican neighbors too. Yeah, so yeah. I grew up with like hearing like dance hall, like dance hall, dance hall, and like classic. Like I didn't hear Bob Marley until. Many years later, because I've never met a Jamaican person that listened to Bob Marley, to be honest with you. No, it's true. That's and, like... like I, I've only met white people that do. Italian dads. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Italian yeah. dads. Yeah. Uh, well, it's funny, too, because I, I always think about, like... That probably comes from, like, The Clash, right? Like, you two listen to The Clash, and The Clash kind of do the reggae thing. Mm-hmm. Although, I think that that's a little more British culture, too. Like, there's a lot of yeah. Jamaican yeah. crossover with British culture, so... Yeah, but I, I hate when I hear, like... I generally don't like when I hear, like, little twanginess with the... With the yeah, yeah. yeah, it doesn't yeah. do it for me. Uh, all right. First off, before we get laying around questions, uh, where can people get a hold of you, uh, Tim, if they want to get a hold of you? Um, I have multiple websites. Jeez, that should have been the question, is how many different websites? How many different websites do you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm easy for, you know, for show stuff. I definitely need to get up with some new bands, and I, mm-hmm. I love to hear from people. So it's p2shows.com. P2shows. My music is at warmforms.com, mm-hmm. and it's warmforms on Spotify and all, the, all those places. Uh, and Erica, where, where can people see all your work, music and wood and stone artwork? Uh, well, uh, between my five Instagram accounts. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, on Instagram, I'm Zalatan Music, that's Z-A-L-A-T-A-N. Mm-hmm. Uh, or my woodworking and more of that sort of art is what would mm-hmm. Erica do? Mm-hmm. Wood spelled W-O-O-D. Very clever. Dad joke. I got a good dad joke for you. And Tim made my website for whatwouldericado.com. Oh, and Zalatanmusic.com. Zal- 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 I'll, <laughs> I'll give you yeah. the dad joke. I heard this, one of my kids told this to me. Uh, what's the difference between uh, ignorance and apathy? I don't know. I don't know, and I don't care. Oh, God. It, no, it's yeah. good. It's right. All right. That is All right. a good one. Uh, Tim and Eric. Alley. <laughs> uh, these are not the same five or six questions we ask everyone who's been on the pod because you guys have been on already. So we came up with new ones. And as a matter of fact, you are the very first people to answer these questions Ooh. because our last two episodes were new people. So, uh, so Tim, we'll start with you and continue in serpentine fashion. Uh, Tim, what is the best trip or outing you remember as a kid, and what made it great? Holy crap. Uh gotta say off the top of my head it was literally just going hiking along the Catterskill Creek behind my grandparents house mm-hmm. with my uncle that's just the one because it was just fascinating so that's a very early memory I was really little I don't even know maybe five six years old yeah yeah and that's I didn't really travel much or go on trips as a kid and that mm-hmm. was like one thing I remember like I spent the weekend with my grandparents traveling down walk and walking down the middle of the creek because it was very shallow yeah, I was yeah. fascinated by the fact that I could nice. walk in the middle of the water 
very it's simple. Very, it's very nice and wholesome. I love that. Yeah. Uh, Erica, same question for you. Uh, best trip or outing you remember as a kid and what made it great? Um, <laughs> I used to go to Hershey Park in Pennsylvania nice. with my parents for vacations. Mm -hmm. And I just remember this is the simplest thing in the world. It had nothing to do with the Hershey Park itself. It was the hotel we stayed at had this long ramp that was carpeted. It was inside. It was carpeted. And you could go, like, around it, come back. And I just remember running down that, screaming my head off laughing. And uh, that's about it. I like that when you, I like it when you drive through Hershey, Pennsylvania. It just smells like chocolate all yeah. the time. And you wonder yeah. how long you could, like, it's nice when you're driving through. You're like, oh, this is, yeah. this is great. Imagine living there. You're living there all the time. You're like, oh, I've never smelled again. Uh, Eric, I'll stay with you for this one. What's something that's considered a basic part of your career that you struggled to learn? You can pick any of your, your multiple talents here. Um, I, I guess I, when it comes to guitar. Sure. Scales. I, I oh, try dude. to learn scales, dude. never learn them. Mm -hmm. I, I learn completely by ear, and I just, I barely know how to play when I'm on stage. Oh. I just, it just happens. You are, you're, I think you're you're like me sometimes in that way, and I'm not to put my little over. Uh, I, I was never like a technical guy, mm -mm. but I think that I could easily, I could understand what I liked and what I thought sounded good, and it never confused yeah. me. Yeah. There was a, yeah. there was a, and also, this is something I notice a lot of people and guitar players do, I knew when something was done. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. I knew when it's like, this is enough of this riff we need to yeah. move on to something else yeah. now right uh, and that was always a big there's a lot of my buddies like i wrote this 15 minute jam i'm like why for, for who yeah. uh, <laughs> uh so, oh yeah so uh tip same question what's something that's considered a basic part of your current career uh, that you've struggled to learn uh well <laughs> my career as an application developer uh, <laughs> it would be c sharp uh it's something that everybody learns when they go to school for these mm -hmm. things sure I did not. I learned by starting as a designer and then moving into coding, and I have. I'm much more a visual guy, and I know it. I need to know it for everything. I can work with it, but writing it, it's a mystery to me. That's fair. I, I, any computer technology, advertising, app designs. That's all. Like you might as well. You could tell me anything, and I'd say absolutely. Yeah. That sounds perfect. <laughs> that sounds great. Uh, what's a futuristic technology, Tim, that doesn't exist but you'd like to have? Teleportation. That was mine too. That was my answer. Yeah. You know, I thought about this a bit because I'm, I spend a lot of time thinking about dumb shit. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I have a podcast. Um, <laughs> and I think the teleportation thing, it seems the best until I teleport into like a house or a rock and now I'm just like half of a person inside of a rock. I'm like, oh no, God, what happened? Oh no, I went, I've gone too far. I've gone, what happened? Yeah. Uh, I'd say a safe version of it. My yeah. second would be uh, 3D print food. Ooh, interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Huh. I would like any of the things from Back to the Future too. Like anything, like, like what was the no, no? What was the, like where they put the the little tiny pizza in the hydrator oh, yeah. and they just put <laughs> the water on it? It's like, hey, it's a whole pizza now. That's the future. I think we have this. I think it's called Domino's. Is it? <laughs> Good one. There is that sort of like that pop future that we never got. Yeah. Like, we got a lot of crazy technology now. Like, I, all that went to, like, cell phones and computers and all sorts of nonsense. But we never got, like, the flying cars or, like, the pop technology. How? No. Where's the two ties at once that Marty yeah. McFly had on? I'm going to keep waiting for that to show up. Uh, <laughs> all right, so since... Uh, we'll start with you on this one, Erica. Uh, what fictional family would you like to belong to? Um... Pose, pose, pose on um, FX. FX. Yeah, FX. <laughs> I have not watched that show. Everyone loves it. I feel like I'm behind. You know, we don't have cable. That's the problem. What do you watch it on? You stream it? What do 
we watch it on? I think we bought it on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It is the one of the best shows I've ever seen. I just want to be around them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excellent. I just read a really good article about Billy Porter. He was talking about... He's really, really fascinating guy. So like, amazing. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know about the show until I heard him yeah. on an interview on the NPR. And I was yeah. like, oh, how have I not heard this? Yeah. And then you would mention it. I was like, everybody, everybody should watch that show, especially people who aren't queer, BIPOC, yeah. um, anything like that. It's because it gives you so much more of it. Like, I mean, I'm, as a queer person, I, I'm still a white person, and I don't, you, I don't yeah. know that experience. And this gives me a, a little bit of a like more. Mm-hmm. insight into it and it made me think a little deeper about issues like that it was just, it's an amazing show all the whites are gonna be mad when we talk about shows like this they're gonna be really <laughs> upset they're gonna be so mad no i'm just Fuck kidding <laughs> <laughs> uh all right uh, what tip what fictional family would you like to belong to god you know that's tough because i really i i don't watch a lot of stuff that's like sure. family oriented you like but your sci-fi stuff oh like, there's not a lot of families in this. Well, like Star thinking, Trek. Yeah, so I'm, not a, I'm not a huge Star Trek okay. fan either. That's a, I'm a Stargate, not Star Wars. Oh, okay. Stargate. Yo, oh, you're a Stargate yeah. man. You'd be like, you would be a member of... Yeah, I, yeah, a member of SG-1. Yes, okay. okay. Or secondary, I did just finally watch Schitt's Creek. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Just because I'm just, like, in love with David, like, yep. you know, the character of David. Like, I just, uh, I just, like, can't take it. My <laughs> mom is so mad at me about that show because she has been... Screaming at me to watch it. She's like, it's the greatest. It's the best show. Everyone yeah. loves it. I don't know why you won't watch it. I was like, I just haven't got around to it. I, was, I don't have some particular beef. <laughs> and yeah, I kept there's... reading too. It's like, I love everybody in it too. It's like, ah. I'm yep. sitting in the living room one day, me and Kevin, and I'm flipping through the channels. And it's on, just a, a random episode is on TV. I was like, oh, this is Shit's Creek. This is, everyone loves this show. I'm going to watch it for a minute. And I didn't laugh once. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if I just don't know any of the characters or if I'm totally, I, 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 did I miss something? And my mom Probably, is like, yeah. she's like, you missed yeah. everything. You yeah. need to go back and start from the beginning. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> after watching it, I would highly recommend yeah. that too because yeah. I did the same thing where I was, it took me a couple episodes to kind of warm up to yes. it. And then I just was like crazy about it. Everyone keeps trying to tell me that this Modoc show this Patton Oswalt show on Hulu is really good. And I watched the first episode. I was like, I don't, are you sure? Because I don't get it at all. It's not, it's, you have to really like Robot Chicken. It's like that same sort I of do. like. I do love Robot Chicken. It's one of those things with Patton Oswalt too. Like I, I usually give anything he's doing a chance because yeah. he's usually wonderful. But I'm this also is... not into like animated uh, superhero stuff. So it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if I have to is, admit. But it looks pretty cool. The, the animated Harley Quinn show and the animated. That show's amazing. It? It's so I have goddamn funny. Really it's it so too. good. I, I, again, I was like, I'm not watching this stupid <laughs> DC adult animated show. And that one, more than the other ones that people will talk about, I was like, oh my god, this is this wow, is hilarious. Okay. It's good really good. Not you. I think you guys like it's really yeah, good. It's well, really have, good. They have a couple because I got really into Doom Patrol. And that's hilarious as yes. well. Yeah. And I'm not like I'm not a big comic book fan, See, but I, I generally have said like I've never found anything DC does to be any of any interest to me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Except for Doom Patrol. Except for <laughs> <Like> <laughs> uh, All right, so where are we? And last one, uh, I guess Tim will start with you on this one. Oh. If a deli named a sandwich after you, what would be on it? Mm. What would be <laughs> on the Tim Schramm? It, walk would be, in. it would be a Thanksgiving dinner sandwich. Thanksgiving dinner sandwich. It's very <laughs> good. Every yes. Sort of sandwich. No, just like just the every like the turkey stuffing, stuffing, mashed potatoes, cranberry, cranberry sauce. Nice. Uh, some t- 
thick toast. You should have started. You should have sold that at the desk. The we Tim did. Tram. Yeah. Is well, we didn't the, tell Tim Tram just Thanksgiving. We did the Tram. Thanksgiving. <laughs> the Tram burger. Uh, <laughs> uh, Erica, same question for you. Mine, I've actually had it before, just not like not officially on a menu or anything. But when I worked at the Tremontaine Cafe. Mm-hmm. Um, I would make the zalatan, which was oh. um, the pe- it was the French peasant bread. Uh, this was grilled. It was like a panini. Mm. Yeah. Um, it would have chicken salad, tabbouleh, tortilla chips. <laughs> yes. And uh, either cher- hot cherry peppers or roasted red mm-hmm. peppers on mm-hmm. it. Yes. So you. Mm. <laughs> so good. You would find a way to put tabbouleh on a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> I never really had any food like that, but we used to do something called the the Famo Express at work which was if you were overtired and you had to work a restaurant shift at lunch, you can go to the espresso machine and it was like a shot of cream and a double shot of espresso and it was this big and you would, it was essentially like a five hour energy. You're like, oh, I gotta take a family, I gotta be awake for like four hours. Oh, it doesn't even taste good. Uh, well, right. I already have a drink named after myself that yeah. I can order at multiple bars in the city. It's the Tim Tram. The Tim, really? Yeah, it's was literally it? Jameson and Water on the Rocks. Is that, <laughs> so Jameson and Water, I love it, and, my favorite. Well, my, my, the Tim Tram is a, a single shot in a pint glass because I like to mm. stay hydrated. But my father also has, he has the Bill Tram you can order and that's a full, like double, Double of JMO and then a little bit of water, and that's that's the bill tram. I love it, <laughs> uh, guys. Uh, I want to thank you for spending so much time with us. I didn't mean to keep you guys this long, but that's how that's how it always goes. Uh, again, you guys should follow everything that Tim and Erica do, but also make sure you come out on June 17th at Handshake City to watch yeah. uh, Erica. And I gotta tell you, I'm excited about this sticker. I'm gonna put it on the Nalgene that I just ordered so I, uh, so I can make stickers for it. The only one that I have is the other one that you gave me, the triangle sticker, which is one of my favorites. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, I'm sorry, but it's a little Guys, we're back to the show. about Crock-Pot stuff? Only yeah. Kevin? You only get excited to tell Kevin about Crock-Pot recipes? You, she cried when she saw you, not a single tear from me. That's true. So see. <laughs> I did cry. <laughs> well, you were just having a good time. Uh, thanks again to uh, Tim and Erica. Again, come and see them. Uh, Handshake City, June 17th. For free. Love, uh, love chatting them up. My favorites. Uh, all right, let's get into this week's history lessons. And as... As has been the case over the last two weeks, we are, I'm dragging on these shows. I gotta start cutting some of these segments out. Too long. Mm. Uh, so, we will forego the full history lesson on 1883 of when the Brooklyn Bridge opened. Be aware, it opened on this day, 1883. And I guess we'll also skip past the very first Major League Baseball night game, which happened in 1939 mm. on this day. Uh, what I will not skip past is 1897 with the very first copy of the classic vampire novel Dracula by Irish writer Bram Stoker appeared in London bookshops for the very first time. Uh, Stoker was a childhood invalid who became a footballer at Trinity College in Dublin. After graduation, he got a job at Dublin Castle where he worked for the next 10 years while writing drama reviews for the Dublin Mail. uh, Stoker met with the well-respected actor Sir Henry Irvine, who hired him as his manager 
Stoker would stay on that post for most of the next three decades, and over the years, he began writing horror stories for magazines. In 1809, he published his first novel, The Snake's Pass. Stoker would go on to publish 17 novels in all, but it was his 1897 novel, Dracula, that eventually earned him literary fame and became known as a masterpiece of Victorian-era Gothic literature. Written in the form of diaries and journals of its main characters, Dracula is the story of a vampire who makes his way from Transylvania to Yorkshire, England, and preys on innocence there to get the blood that he so desperately needs to live. Vampires were popular figures in folk tales from ancient times, but Stoker's novel capitalized, uh, catapulted them into the mainstream of 20th century literature. Upon its release, it enjoyed moderate success, though when he died in 1912, none of the obituaries even mentioned Dracula by name. Sales only began to take off in the 1920s when the novel was adapted for Broadway and Dracula mania kicked off into an even higher gear with the universal blockbuster film in 1931, Dracula, starring Bela Lugosi and directed by Todd Browning. Bela Lugosi famously was so, so connected to the Dracula character that when he died, he was buried in Dracula's suit. So if you were, he's just a skeleton in Dracula's outfit if you find his grave today. Uh, dozens of vampire-themed movies, vamp uh, television shows, and literature followed, though Lugosi remains the quintessential Count Dracula. Early 20th century examples of the vampire craze include the best-selling novels by author Anne Rice, cult TV show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and of course the wildly popular Twilight films and series. Uh, Kevin, you like this book better than me. I don't actually don't like Dracula the novel. I find mm. it to be a, a tough read. For I mean, me. yeah, just about anything written in the late eighteen hundreds is gonna be a little dusty. It's a little dusty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think that like I feel like Dracula as a character, I didn't really know. I think the Bela Lugosi is the first. Yeah, I like, think that's every. I mean, that has to be everybody's. It's the first visual representation that exists. Yeah. yeah anybody yeah. who lies and says, "Oh, I really think about the book," you're just lying. I I swear to God, I didn't really know the book existed until the movie. Came out, Bram Stoker as Dracula, mm. right? I was like, wait, is that the guy? He must be the guy. I always, I remember knowing about Bram Stoker when I was a kid because I used to read a lot about the old, like, Universal monster movies, like Lon Chaney Jr., Bela Lugosi, Boris Karloff, all those guys, like, you know, Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman, um, the swamp creature, creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, yeah, the Gilman. Man, all that kind of stuff. The Mighty Gilman. So I knew about Bela Lugosi, and they would always talk about Bram Stoker, and then, of course, the movie that came out with Keanu Reeves, too, um, oh, which yeah. is great. Way better than it has any right to be. Uh, oh, probably my favorite take, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Huh. I've never seen it. It came out in like, it's him, Winona Ryder, and Gary Oldman. It came out in like the earlier 90s, mm. and they're young, and it's just like a pretty, pretty faithful, straight on take of the Dracula novel. They do a good job of it. I'm also a big fan of Dracula Dead and Loving It by Mel Brooks. I'm mm. not, that's actually a terrible movie. Uh, that's when he went downhill, as a matter of fact. All right, let's move on to 19. 89, uh, when Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade premiered, uh, is an action-adventure film directed by Steven Spielberg, co-written by George Lucas. It is the third installment in the Indiana Jones franchise. It is also the first Indiana Jones film to be rated PG-13. Harrison Ford returned to the title role while his father, portrayed by Sean Connery in the film, uh, stars alongside him. Set in 1938, Indiana Jones searches for his father, a Holy Grail scholar who has been captured by the Nazis. After the mixed reaction to Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which I think is actually a bad movie, uh, Spielberg chooses to tone down the, the dark tone and graphic violence in the next installment. The film was released on May 24th to mostly positive reviews and was a financial success. 
earning $474.3 million at the worldwide box office and winning an Academy Award for Best Sound Editing. There was a sequel, Indiana Jones and the, Christ and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls, and the less said about that, the better. Uh, critics at the time thought the lighter and more comedic uh, version of this movie was a good way for the series to go following the sort of dark turn for um, uh, Temple of Doom. Uh, it has a 65 out of 100 rating on Metacritic, and it's pretty well received on Rotten Tomatoes. Have you? I feel like you like this movie, do you not? I do. Yeah. Yeah, I like all three of them. Yeah, they're yeah. all fine. Temple of Doom is probably number three for me, yeah. but I still don't, I'm not going to say, I can't say that I think Temple of Doom is a bad movie. It's not as good as the first one, and I think it's not quite as good as this one either, but I still like... It's strap it and enjoy myself. Plus, like I was a little kid. I was gonna say I was like, so I, was I can't little, I sit here and look through it through like these like critic eyes. Like when I was a little kid, they were pulling that man's heart out. <laughs> that part stuck they with me. They pulled that man's yeah. monkey brains <laughs> and fun. short round, and they're doing the chases. I found they his. dropped the man in the pit. <laughs> I, I was like six. I found his love interest now to be a rough hang. She was not as good as the one from the first movie. She no, was she certainly wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it, there's no question. I'm not trying to make any yeah, argument yeah, yeah. that it's better than the first or third. I was scared. But I don't dismiss it out of hand. I was scared of the Kali Ma uh, heart, heart pull mm. sequence. Didn't care for that as a young man. I think maybe mm. I was... Also, though, I didn't love Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade as a kid because that creeped me out, too, a little bit. Mm. Walking across the, the bridge. We were, there. I loved all of that. We were very, very, very much a Sean Connery household. That makes a lot of sense. When I was a kid, my mother loved okay. Sean Connery. Uh, love Sean Connery. Does Indiana Jones work without Harrison Ford? Can you make this movie without Harrison Ford today? Could you reboot this movie? Would people accept it? It no. wouldn't be as no. It would you be. could make a great movie. Is he making another one it. right now? Yeah. yeah. Is he in it though? Is oh big time. I hope so. Yeah, he's out there. He's so old. Huh? He's got. Uh, he's got I'm gonna try to pass it on. Uh, it doesn't necessarily relate to Indiana Jones per se, but Harrison Ford is well known as a guy who hates, like, Star Wars and all the fan bases for the movies that he's in. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure that Harrison Ford hates all the people who are like, what's the new Indiana Jones movie? He's probably just like, shut up and leave me he alone. He doesn't talk to people. He hates people. You won't see him. Who are some other famous people you could think, who you feel like hate their fan bases? Mm. I feel like Daniel Radcliffe is the one I wrote down. He must hate, like, the Harry Potter stuff. Oh, I don't know anything about him. I don't know that he does or doesn't. I don't know that he does, but I would imagine that, like, that would grade on you. Oh, who do you think does? Who do you think? You yeah, I don't know anybody off the top oh, of my head. Um, I was trying to think of people. Like, I'm sure athletes probably... Ungrateful did. people who weren't raised right. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like, you're wildly rich because people love this stuff you do. Just sit down, be humble, and be nice when you see people. Anything else I don't have respect for. Uh, I got a bonus... Uh, not a history lesson, but a bonus Utica legend for you guys this week. Uh, this week's, and it's topical because the series is going on right now. Uh, this week's Utica legend is Stephen Brill, one of Justin Parkinson's favorite Utica mentions. Uh, Stephen Brill directed and co-wrote Little Vicky, Mr. Deeds, Without a Paddle, Heavyweights, Drillbit, Taylor, a lot of comedy movies. But most specifically, he wrote all three of the first Mighty Ducks films. Bob the Dumb movie. That's right. Uh, <laughs> and he's also involved in the new Mighty Ducks series that is going on on Disney Plus right now, Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Uh, while I was doing some research, I found an article from a band uh, called Bar Down. I don't even know where these are from. But they were interviewing Stephen Brill, and I wanted to share this with you folks. Here's the interviewer. So we should probably start from the beginning. Where did the idea for the Mighty Ducks film originally come from, and especially the decision to make a movie about hockey? Stephen Brill. 
I grew up in Utica, New York in the 1960s where the old IHL team was around. I used to go to hockey games in the auditorium. It was bloody and brutal, but I loved hockey and started playing there as a kid. Peewee hockey from ages 6 to 10 in Clinton, New York, right next to where I was. I wasn't very good, but I loved the sport and I loved being on a team. I never forgot that experience. And even though my coaches were mean and I wasn't very good, I loved hockey. <laughs> That's great. So That's great. I, I feel like we could essentially say that the we are the reason. Utica is the reason for the Mighty Ducks. Yes? Yeah. Does that feel safe to say based That's on this fine. quote? Yeah. 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 I think we can, take, yeah. we can take credit for this, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Good stuff, nice. guys. Uh, all right. I won't go through this whole list with you guys. I had another one. Uh, I just like this headline, guys. There's been uh, the CDC is urging Americans not to kiss chickens among a massive uh, salmonella outbreak that's been happening in the country. Uh, This is the actual quote from the CDC. Do not kiss or snuggle the birds as this can spread germs to your mouth and make you sick. I didn't know this was one of those things we had to warn people about. My kids I, go to farms, they go to zoos, they go to... Maybe kids. Like this, that people have, I don't know. Yeah, buddy, people on Instagram and TikTok and shit. Oh, yeah, um, positive that they're like, oh, I'm going to snuggle this little chicken, this little duck. Or yeah, what? And then, like, pet, and they're petting them, too. They can get it on their hands, get stuff mm-hmm. on their hands. It is warned that poultry like chicken and ducks can carry salmonella germs, even if they look healthy and clean. And these germs can easily spread in areas where they live or roam. Infection can cause fever, diarrhea, stomach pains, and vomiting. Uh, yeah. So don't kiss and make out with the chickens, you weirdos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin, if you want to spend some money. I don't. Paul Walker's Toyota Supra from the Fast and the Furious franchise is up for auction uh, in Las Vegas next month. Uh, I feel like we could get some money together for this. You interested in 1994? I don't want a Supra. You don't want a Toyota Supra? What do you do with that? That's a really good question, actually. What do, you do, what do you do if you buy something like this? you got to be a car collector. Right? No one's buying this just to drive it. Especially in no. our Utica. People don't buy movie Straight. cars at auction because they need <laughs> something to get to work in. No, these are car collectors. These aren't people going and looking for attractive lease rates. Like, yeah, car collectors. We watched... It's only a 94 Super, too, so you can drive yeah. it. It's yeah. not like it's like some exotic like bird that's like wow. really old. Were you watching with me, or was it Justin, when we were watching that one morning and they had the car auction on TV? It was like on like NBC one morning. Like uh, it was like some peak peak quarantine content. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I was thinking about it. Like, these guys are bidding for this car, and the guy won, and he's so excited that he gets to spend like two point nine million dollars. Oh like God, yes, man. so happy. I'm like, oh, I know. Weird. So he's trying to bid on a guillotine. Uh, <laughs> guys. All right, so I got one for you. Uh, I found the new one today, Heather. You're gonna have to. I bet you you're gonna see one of these sooner than later. It's the newest toy craze. I've been seeing it in classrooms everywhere. They are called popping bubbles. I don't know if there's a, a full term for what they're called, but they're all over the place. I've seen them in Stewart's. I've seen them in stores. They are essentially reusable bubble wrap for people. It comes in, it's made of silicone. It comes in a range of colors, shapes, and sizes. There are half spears, which are bubbles that you can push in, and they make a satisfying, love those. soft pushing. Sa- well, guess love what? That. You're gonna see one sooner or later because they are all over the place. Uh, they are the new fidget spinner of 2021. Not it. You're not buying it. No. Yeah, you're gonna. You say that. You say that, but you're gonna get one. You will. Uh, I gotta say, this one doesn't. I used to deal with fidget spinners in in the education realm. Those didn't really bother me so bad. For as much as they could be annoying, they're actually less. Mm. Uh, the thing where people were flipping bottles for a while was my least favorite craze, by the way. When kids were flipping bottles mm. upside down. That was like a TikTok thing. Mm. 
I find this toy to be a little lackluster. I told one of my kids today that this is like, you got about a month on these. I kind of find the category of toys for school to be a little weird. It is a weird thing, right? Like, it's weird. It's like, oh, what are our toys to bring to school? It's like, don't, bring, bring don't, don't bring your toys to school. Uh, bring your, bring your pencil and a notebook. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> buddy, let me tell you. I, I wish that worked. Uh, so I did find a list going all the way back to 1989. And it is the most popular toy craze of that year. So I'll, I'll go through some of these. We won't have to go through all of them, obviously. But I want to see where we fall off, because I'm curious if we all fall off around the same time or not. Probably not. No, so, different years, depending on our age. Yeah, so 1989 was the Game Boy. I had that. They got name before 89? No, you do not. This is as far back as it goes. 1989, the hey. Game Boy. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Just caught on to that. On this day, 1989, really the Game Boy. I really snowballed this one. <laughs> I'm like, what? 1990 was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I was definitely, yeah. like, obsessed. I used to collect the videotapes. Right? 1991 was the Super Nintendo yeah. Entertainment I'm System. I'm I never had a Super Nintendo. He had one. I did. I definitely did. Mm. Uh, 1992, Barney. No, I, I was too old. That was my brother. That. Too old for Barney. Yeah. How about 1993 with Pogs? Are you back in on Pogs? In on Pogs. Not in. You were not no, in on Pogs? I not like Pogs. Heavy duty on Pogs. No, I don't like them. I just didn't like them. What, what, what bothered you? Was it just the... I don't know. My, my brothers did it. It was annoying. It was annoying too I loud? Just, they did it, I think, yeah. and that's why I didn't like it. Uh, ninety four, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I feel like this is where a lot of kids yep. traded in their Ninja Turtles and moved up. I feel in. like I watched that. Mm-hmm. Yep. 1995, Beanie Babies. I feel like I had Beanie Babies, but I never felt particularly connected to this fad as it was happening. I just had the one I got at the Yankees game that I yeah. saved because it ended up being a perfect game that he threw. But I remember people. I remember this being a thing and people having them. Yeah. I just wasn't really one of them. I had one Beanie Baby. It was a rhino. But it wasn't like I collected it. Like it just made its way into my collection of other stuffed animals. It well, wasn't like were, any. Really think back. They were around for years yeah. before they became the collectible thing. Yeah. Like they yeah. used, used to see them all the time with the tag like cut off like properly. Way too old. Nineteen ninety six. The toy that will live in infamy. Tickle me Elmo. The tickle me Elmo year again. Too old for this. I like my sister cousins, had it though. Yeah. My sister loved it. This was the first toy that I remember my mom went to get for one of the. Like uh, one of my cousins, mm-hmm. and she was like, "I couldn't believe people in the store." Like this was the first toy that oh, I was ever aware crazy. that people were nuts, and that the holiday like thing. The cabbage Patch Kids. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. I wasn't aware of that as a kid growing up, but but that's what this felt like. It seems like from my mom's perspective. Ninety seven, the Tamagotchi. I, remember, I had one. I remember this is the moment. I think this is probably the first time in my life when I started looking around and be like, I'm not sure about you folks. Yeah. <laughs> like I think this was this is my first clear memory looking around and be like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. I, had, I don't know uh, about what's going on here. I had a gigapet. Yeah, it makes sense. Which was not a Tamagotchi, but the same essentially the same family. My friends and I would all take care of it. We'd like take turns between take classes and share, yeah. Chair, yeah. I feel like I didn't have the patience for it. It wasn't a video game in the way that I thought it would be. I'm like, oh, I gotta like wait for it to yeah. do stuff. Tamagotchi, uh, kind of like a really early progenitor and pioneer of the keep your attention tied to a yes. screen for arbitrary reasons throughout yep. the day. About it. Like one of the About first it. things would be like, oh, I gotta press really these buttons point. every hour on my screen mm-hmm. or else yeah. nothing's gonna happen, but I feel compelled to. During its peak, 15 Tamagotchi oh. units were sold every minute in the U.S. and Canada in 96. Mm. 1998, the Furby. Uh, Furby still exists, by the way. I see Furbies in stores still. Mm, still shout out to the horror. It's <laughs> terrible. You ever seen a Furby with the skin off? No. It's like horrifying. with the fur coming yeah, off no, and everything? It looks terrifying. like a terrifying like robot bird monster. Great. Uh, 
1999. This was the Pokemon year. So yeah, just miss me all the way, way to Pokemon. For that. Never any Pokemon. Never Pokemon. No, this uh, came out and I was like, what are they? Just out of ideas? I liked the game for Game Boy, but I was never. I never knew how to play the card game, mm. or I didn't have any of, like, I the... My like brother that. had it for Game Boy. I remember trying to play it, but I'm just like, this is just a lot of, like, reading and Walking typing. Around. Yeah. Like, reading and typing and walking. I'm like, no, I'm just gonna... 2000, the Razor Scooter. Were you back in on the Razor Scooter? Uh, no, I was a little too... I was... No. Because by 2000, I was, like, people were either on, like, 16, skateboards, yeah. or... I wasn't quite 16. I, grew, I, was, a, I was a senior. You're yeah. a senior? Yeah. Did you even see these anywhere? I might have. Yeah. So I feel like this is around the point. This 2000 year feels like the, the divergent point for all. I feel like everything after this is going to be stuff that we're going to be missing. I mean, the Razor Scooter being a dumb thing that like skateboarders had laying around to like mess around with on ramps and yeah. like, stick around with your friends and stuff. Just uh, 2001, you get to Brad's okay, dolls. And I feel like this is we're like so my, my niece's I'm in generation. Yet. You're in college? I'm in college now. Yeah, 2002, Beyblade. You ever heard of this? I actually don't know what those are. I see that word all the time, but I don't know what they are. Well, I I couldn't tell you. 2003, Yu-Gi-Oh! Another card game. Mm -hmm. No. 2004, Robo Sapien. I used to sell that at Radio Shack. Uh, Oh, this is a Radio Shack toy? That was a Radio Shack toy. The Radio Shack toy? Yeah, Yeah, I remember seeing those. 2005, you get to the Xbox 360. I feel like that doesn't count. That's the biggest toy of the year. 2006, PlayStation 3. Yeah. You don't play with toys no more. Nintendo Wii. Nintendo Wii, 2007. because they're all gassed off the Tamagotchis. The Wally now they toy. got Wally that looks like a Furby. <laughs> it's, I'm telling you. Less scary. 2009, the Zuzu pet. Never heard yeah, of that. Yeah, no pet. No. 2010, the iPad. Okay, it's not a we're, toy. We're coming back now. I ask, I ask the parents. They hand the kids an iPad. Yeah. 2011, Let's Rock Elmo. Never heard of it. Elmo's that. back, but now he's rocking as opposed to tickling. 2012, Rainbow Loom. This actually is huge. My niece... It, never heard of all this. my nieces are into this. this is boondoggle. Still happening? Same it's a boondoggle. It's like yeah. boondoggle with its rubber yeah, okay. bands as opposed to. 2013, Elmo's back. Big hugs, Elmo. He's back. 2014, Elmo happen. Elsa. It's still, that's still. Just back. Elsa as Just a, a doll. cultural phenomenon. Oh. 2019, the BB 8 toy, which apparently was a thing. I don't know. I, I that's think these that's a things. Star Wars robot for most of you. 2016, Hatchimals. It's an egg that hatches into a atomic, uh, hatches into a Furby. I'm essentially. telling you, they're repackaging our nostalgia and selling it to us as a narcotic. Look yes. at this. Yeah, it's, it's a Furby again. 2017 fingerlings, which are some weird monkeys that go on your finger. Fingerling potatoes. Shout yeah. out to those. Great in a crockpot. Very good. Oh. Yeah, I get those from. 2018, the lol surprise. I don't even know what this is. This is apparently an unboxing. Oh, this is a toy that appeals to people who do the unboxing videos. So you don't know what's in the toy. It's like a mystery toy, which sounds really stupid. Why would I not want to know the toy I'm getting? And then 2019, the Baby Shark song puppet. So again, I think everything after 2000, we could have (laughs) skipped. I feel like it was no good for us. Mm. I feel like they got worse. They do well. Of course, they got worse. These toys are no good. Ish, but like when you go back, they're dumb as shit before too. They are it's dumb. Really, like the baby should this the these things. This is no more or less dumb oh, than tickle me out more Furby. My, there was baby alive when I was little. No, you were just little. Oh, baby alive. Kid sister. What was the one that they had to recall because it kept eating people's fingers? I have like no the feed idea. Feed me baby. It had like mm-hmm. there was like a baby doll and you'd feed it food. It had like one of those bottle return oh, things I in know. the mouth. And you it put would, the bottle in it. Yeah, no. And it would go to the back, like it would go to the backpack, right? Oh, so kids, no. if would you're get... wondering where you would get the food back from once you fed <laughs> it to the baby, the backpack. Uh, and then you're don't be gross, Heather. But you're, but you're, <laughs> but kids would get their hair and fingers stuck in there, and, and there was just no keep chopping away. There's no reverse. 
So like it, you know you'd have to break the toy or like you could, it was terrible oh. terrible they had to recall. No, I didn't get that one. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, all right, let's do a mailbag question and then we'll do a Spotify and get out of here. Uh, you didn't add anything. That's okay. I knew you didn't. I saw. To. All right, so this is an. Still got time. This is in, I mean, you don't have to do it. You do it after. This is an easy mailbag question. What's the most important part of a piece of toast? The texture or the temperature? What's the most important part of a piece of toast? The texture or the temperature? Well, texture. I'm going to go with texture, actually. Yeah, because I hate it when it's really, like, hard bread. So Hard, yeah. Like, soft bread. I've know. had cold toast at, like, a oh. diner, and it's still good. Something it's because it's diner. They put so much butter on it. That's, that's, that's texture, you, though. Yeah, you, I mean, if you're, if you're having toast, what are you doing if you're not putting a bunch of butter on it? I feel like yeah, it's like true. Diner and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, temperature is kind of... I don't need my toast to be hot so much as I need it to be crunchy. I prefer it yes. to be hot, like fresh out of the toaster. It can't be too crunchy, though. People try to send you too crunchy toast, and like, yeah. this is... You just tear it off like your mouth. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say I feel like texture is my go-to. I'm going to swerve and say quality of ingredients. I see. You don't have... You know what I mean? Like, don't just give me... Like, any old piece of toast in, I don't need it. Like, if I mm-hmm. can't get the toast, like, nice and somewhat fresh with, like, good butter... Yeah, no, I'm Just with you on it. that. Keep it. You mean English muffin or something? Oh, I love English muffin. You know what I mean? I'm with you on that, too. I love an English muffin. Uh, all right. And, Heather, you don't have to pick a song if, off the top of your head if you don't want to. You can add songs to the list if you forgot to put them on. Okay. Kevin, do you want to highlight any of your songs for this week? Uh, yeah, I did a song each from our guests this week. Uh, so that's I did from nice. Zalatan. I got Year of the Dragon, which is, I like every song on that album. I think that they're all cool. Really but that's yeah. one of the ones where I was like, oh, I kind of wish this was, like, my song. And if I had the capacity, I would do, like, an edit, like mm-hmm. you see cool folks on the internet do. Um, and then uh, Warm Forms, which I always almost say Warm Farms. Warm Farms, Trim. yeah. Um, <laughs> but Insect Gunship, uh, because I think, number one, it's a great name, and number great two, title. it's a cool track anyway. But, so, yeah, I put those two on, and then there's uh, some other various items on there as well. Uh, as I mentioned, I uh, put those two tracks from the New York Rap playlist on here, the mm-hmm. winner and the one that I wanted to hear, so New York State of Mind by Nas and Deja Vu by Tariq and Guns. But also, Kevin and I watched uh, Goodfellas over the course of the last week. I know, it's so good. And I did happen to put two songs from Goodfellas on this, both Rags to Riches by Tony Bennett, which is the song that starts the movie, and Atlantis by Donovan, which is the song that is playing when Billy Bats gets killed by by Tommy and Jimmy and, and Henry in the bar. So there you go. Those are my tracks for the week. Heather, do you want to highlight anything? You did. I didn't even think of what songs I can find here. I'm really sorry. I'll leave Heather. I'll leave Heather to do it for next week. That's yes, I will. I'm sorry. No, she'll add some songs. I'll add you songs just won't tonight. Talk about yeah. It now. yeah. Yeah. Sorry. All right. You can follow Heather at Heather Was one. You can follow Heather Kevin at underscore uh, Kevin Sullivan, or you can follow me at SF Do More. Just follow the show at Uticast. We are on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Stitcher Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify. <laughs> uh, I, for, I forget all the There's always one I forget. I said Stitcher. I said Stitcher already. You know, all the places you see us. Uh, also, you can follow. I've been trying to post pictures on Instagram more often, all those kind of things. I like them. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, I got to post a picture you sent of the three of us. I know. I, I love that, that picture. Yet. I know. It's a really nice picture. Even though my hands, I got a weird hand thing going on. I don't know yeah. what I was doing with my hand mm-hmm. in the photo. I got to crop it. Uh, that's it. Sign our legs. Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. The tape machines are rolling. We are desperately out of time, and we will see you next week for another episode of the Uticast. Episode See you there, folks. Be safe.